0: Father God. Greetings, this is Christopher and Catherine. Radiant Fire Radio, and of the King, doing the joint session tonight. We are talking about the documentary that Epoch Times, Epoch TV, has put out concerning the January 6th story. Um, I happen to partake of both Pieces that are out and available now for the public and I'll post it The first one on my Facebook page and tag Catherine in my wife and uh, It's amazing how nobody wanted to listen Nobody has commented. Everybody's ignored it So that's third Catherine today to uh, listen And I think she made like four podcasts today about this. And all of them, she was fired up and just didn't know what to do with herself. And I was like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Can you give me copies of them? Because I'm going to put them on Radiant Fire Radio. Because people need to hear the truth. They need to be stirred up. And I, I can't stir them up any more than what they already are.
1: Why why do you think they're not stirred up? Do you think it's because it's over and done with? Do you think they don't care enough? Do you think that they...
0: I think the people that were in power who had control, who had the ability, not control, they had the ability to be able to stop and actively say, hey, let's take a minute here and see what's really going on. When they didn't step in, it became... There's nobody coming to save us. There's nobody coming to rescue us from what is going on. And as you're going to see in this documentary tonight, there are slivers, there's pieces that the, the American press, the Democrat Party and the Republican Party have hidden from yes. you. Most parties.
1: Every
0: day citizen. This is yes. not just the Democrats. And, you know, people get mad at me because I talk about the Republicans and how bad they are. And I'm doing that for a reason because they have not stopped what has been going on since 2020 election. They have the ability. They have the power. They have the authority to do it. But they don't want to do it because they do not like President Donald J. Trump. Plain and simple so they're willing to let our country go down burn forever in smoke other than to do what's right and defend not him but the process and these people who were on the capitol legislative mall down there in washington dc are completely innocent Mm. they're innocent they didn't do anything but go down there to fulfill the Constitution, which we have the right to peaceably assemble and we have the right to address any regresses that we have from the government. Plain and simple. And this is exactly what they did.
1: It's it's pretty sad. It's pretty sad what you're going to witness in this video because Um, You will see exactly why certain things took place and you will see how uh, a certain group of people are not innocent and how they push this narrative that President Trump said words that would that would spark the insurrection or, uh, you know, gave people the green light to, to tear up the the grounds and that is not true
0: no so thank you epoch tv for putting this out and we're going to get started with this documentary
2: they dragged her out and it reminded me of deer hunting you drag out a deer carcass He was completely out of control.
3: He himself was committing crimes in the process. There's people from all over
0: Sound Check One Two. Sound check one two. Can you hear the video?
1: Can you
4: yes. hear me? Okay. Yeah. Right. The nation from every state.
5: There has been a lot of fraud. He could stop this. At least one person over here is being injured and taken
4: Capitol
6: away. Capitol Hill. Overtaken by America.
7: The story of January 6 changes drastically depending on who's telling it. The House Select Committee on January 6 has deemed the incident an attack on the American system, comparable to the bombing of Pearl Harbor or even the terrorist attacks on 9-11. It's being investigated as a potential insurrection that could allegedly incriminate former President Donald Trump. And it's being used domestically frame a new narrative on domestic extremism. Yet is this narrative really the
5: case? Imagine if the American people actually saw just what happened to Roseanne Boylan and these officers who keep portraying themselves as heroes that day.
2: He fires at her and strikes her in the left shoulder. It's a failure not only
3: of training, but it's also a failure of bystandership and supervision. (laughs)
7: Hey! January 6th demands a full and impartial investigation, one free from foregone conclusions, hidden agendas, and naked hyperbole. The nation needs a serious examination of January 6. one that includes the subjects too often ignored in media coverage and in political speech. With interviews, on-the-ground reporting, and exclusive footage, we'll now tell the real story of January 6th.
0: This is hard-hitting, factual, documented information from the footage from the Capitol Police in these buildings that took place. There's some independent footage, but the majority of the footage that they have, I think they said there's over 400,000 hours of camera footage that they went through to try to determine what really went on. Really? Yeah.
1: So is this, you know, before this was even released to the public, there was a narrative that was being pushed and it was like the January 6th committee um, was developed and, and they were going hard like on tv they were saying all of these things and they were pointing it back to president trump and then when these uh recordings or this uh documentary or independence tapes were released or what have you that committee backed off why do you think that that
8: happened
0: you cannot deny the truth of what is being shown in these videotapes and they had the power to stop these videotapes from being seen, to subpoena them, to lock them away and keep the truth from being put out there, they were able to control this, the story. So what's supposed to happen in the United States and other countries who have a free press, that press is supposed to be the watchdog over the government they're supposed to go in and say hey what are you doing i think it's peter Ducey who constantly yes. and consistently questions he challenges Nancy, whatever her name is mm-hmm. he her serious questions this is this is what is supposed to happen on both sides of the american press system but for some reason whether it's uh pure hatred pure evil uh They're getting paid to look the other way. Without independent journalists and independent journalism, these stories that we're about to see would not be out. Because, you know, in previous times, communist countries had a state-controlled media and the state-controlled media would be in charge of presenting the information that the state wanted you to know and anything other than that was quieted down and pushed away pushed aside so the things that these people have been doing um george soros barack obama hillary clinton joe biden you know the whole the whole clan has been doing to try to keep us Oppressed has been supported and covered up by the American press. The Supreme Court has gotten a free pass because they are not being challenged and pushed and talked about in order to be able to get to the truth of what's going on. And anytime something goes to the Supreme Court, unless it's an extreme, extreme case. The citizens lose because there's there's a, a pull, there's a negative evil pull that has been placed over top of that Supreme Court to do what we tell you to do. So you got the press and you got the Supreme Court who have be, become corrupted in addition to your state senators, your state representatives who are a part of the federal government. Yeah. So let's uh, let's
7: journey on. Yeah, we're on the ellipse now. We'll meet you soon, good stuff. Thank you. To begin this investigation, I sat down with Joe Hanneman, the lead reporter on January 6th at the Epic Times, to review our footage.
2: January 6th started out as a protest Uh, A large gathering to hear President Trump speak about his concerns and his charges that there was widespread fraud of the presidential election. Uh, People came in very large numbers to the ellipse in Washington, D.C. to hear his.
1: I just want to notate that he wanted to stand up in front of the American people to point out that there has been a widespread fraud. Against the election. And this is why this took place.
0: When you say he, who do you mean?
1: President Trump. So he spoke before the American people. um, Because it was so much evidence. It was so much witnesses and live footage and things that were appearing From the USPS, you know, United States Postal Services that was showing ballots that was, uh, you know, missed and all of these things that was pure evidence that it was set up that uh, Biden had lost. And so he was trying to wave his hand, you know, in the spirit to say, hey, hey, in the natural, hey, hey, these people cheated us. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, the numbers was so exaggerated that they made it seem like Biden was the number one president that was ever alive. So it even beat out Barack Obama, whom, you know, many people love him. So that was so far of a stretch where my thought would be, how can people fall for this when you had this stuff on live television, on YouTube. Everybody has social media, but yet nobody wanted to believe that the election was stolen.
0: Well, you forget at the time, Twitter was not under the free Elon Musk. Twitter was a part of the state control of media. And anyone who put up evidence that was from the free journalism side was... Uh, their page was shut down. President Trump's page was shut down. They're fact-checked. There's a little block that gets put on your Twitter page, your Facebook page, your YouTube page, saying this has been fact-checked. And yes, the fact that this is not right. Mm-hmm. And your page is throttled. So say you had two, two million people that was watching your page. As soon as you started telling them what was going on about the truth of, every, of everything, they stole your viewers from you, unsubscribed them behind the scenes, and they're thinking that they're subscribed to you so that they can go back and whenever you put a new post out, be able to follow you, but they you, you were automatically unsubscribed. So these people who once had two million people went down to a hundred thousand. That's and that is Crazy. This is what happened. This is what's continuing to happen.
1: So being that President Trump knew that he understood that. Um Remember, I had a question for you and I was like, he constantly repeats itself over and over in regards to interviews. And I said, why does he do that? And you said, if he does not do that, because this is the tactic that the left is doing. They constantly repeat and repeat and repeat over and over hoping that their false information was slammed into somebody's, you know, irrigate and, and they will follow the, the false narrative. So president Trump being a businessman, being a person that had to defend himself only because nobody else was doing it. He had to repeat himself over and over and over. And um, I didn't understand why until I started to understand what was really going on here. He had no. to keep, no, him.
0: no one was right. so you're a member of a party you're a member of the democrat party you're a member of the republican party so you're supposed to have this whole system standing behind you you represent the republican party so the republican party chair assistant chair treasurer secretary all of the board members up under that all of the states up under that all of the cities counties municipalities that are up under that are supposed to be standing behind you because when you had that primary people don't understand this when you have the primary in all of those states which are going have the iowa caucuses um on january the 16th they are saying Everybody in Iowa is gonna nominate whoever they're gonna nominate. So you're at this stage of the game where all of the all the all of these people have said we're going to back you, we support you. None of them stood up and said, This is wrong. Right. What you're doing to this man is wrong. Hey, right. we don't like him, we don't care for him, but you can't do this. Right. So we started looking into the election fraud. There were good people on the Democrat side and good people on the Republican side who said, hey, I don't like this, this isn't right. But they just dropped a whole box full of ballots into the machine. Yes. Ballots only had one candidate on there and that was Biden. So you got to understand when you're you're looking at a ballot, because you don't really think about this, you got the president, the vice president, treasurer, secretary all the little cabinet members and then state of delaware you vote down for all of those people inside of the state of delaware they had ballots that only had biden's name written at the top mm-hmm. they didn't vote for anybody else other than than biden handwritten no signatures no proof of anything mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that. that's what it was that's what you know that's what it is so when they challenged these things and they said hey dag The state of Delaware has sixty-two thousand people, but eighty-four thousand voted. Eighty-four thousand people voted for Biden. But there's only sixty-two thousand registered voters in the state of Delaware. Some people (laughs) was some people was, you know,
1: long gone and they were they was receiving their votes.
0: Yeah. So where's the where's the machine? Where's the Republican Party of the state of Delaware saying, hey, this isn't right. We need to recount the votes in Delaware. Every state, all 50 states.
1: Now, this is this where's is bigger than what we understand, to be honest, because it's so many moving parts. And this is just the beginning. We didn't even get to. We're only three minutes in, but it's so many moving parts to this whole thing that goes all the way back from 2016 or 2015, whenever President Trump said he was going to run, you know? So it's like we so had like-
0: this whole dialogue at the beginning during the debates. President Trump, if you lose, will you just go ahead and accept the fact that you lost? You remember yes. that? Yes, I remember that very beginning. So, in my mind, looking back now, they knew that they were doing this.
8: Yes, they knew absolutely. That
0: they set this up for him absolutely. to lose. And they just yes. wanted to uh, lay down and say, okay, I can see the election. If it had been different circumstances where you didn't have the extra ballots, you didn't have the, the outward signs of just complete fraud, I believe President Trump would have said, okay, hey, I lost. And walked Mm away. Mm -hmm. But because there was all of those other little pieces, hey, let's at least check this out. Mm -hmm. And this is all that he was asking to be done. But but, listen to this stuff.
1: I think that he got wind that they were going to be doing something like this. And he tried to prepare his people. And this is crazy because
0: they
8: so you,
0: started because this is a part of the narrative. He prepared his people to go to war and overthrow the government. Is that what you mean?
1: No, he started to get, uh, from my understanding, he started to speak to the people and get them prepared for fraud. Um, Because he knew that they were going to try to do something like this. Now, the crazy thing is this, the night before the election, the day before the election, or no, I'm sorry, the day of the, le- of the election, Um, the lady that is in Georgia, I can't remember her name right now, but she lost. She's a Democrat. Um, She's a, a black lady.
0: Who? Stacey Abrams.
1: Yes, Stacey Abrams had an a interview and she said no matter what, Trump says he it's not over until it's over meaning she to me when she said that she was basically and I think she ended up saying it's impossible for him to win so Mm -hmm. when she said that it, it jumped in my spirit I said these people are up to something it was the day of and she was saying we're going to count all night and it, it don't matter what, you know, what whatever, whatever, whatever. But the way that she had a smirk on her face, it was like they already knew that they had everything in the bag. And yep. when it came, when it came back that we was waiting for, you know, all night and, and then a day after that to come to find out that. The numbers were, had went one way and then all of a sudden, uh, Biden's numbers went way over the chart. It was just
0: ridiculous in regards to what was being. So they painted a picture that President Trump was mad. He's already said he's not gonna concede and he's gonna overthrow the government. And mm-hmm. all of the people who support him have the same mindset and they're going to come in and overthrow the government mm-hmm. This is now the events that took place on january 6th yeah i don't i don't have it right at the at my fingertips right now but they said his speech incited the riot yeah I, I went through that speech i got the transcript of it there was nothing in there that president trump said nope. go down to the capitol and tear that place down no, he didn't. Listen at different news reports that went on; they have him saying that, and he did not say that.
1: Thing. Before you press start, I just want to say real quick: when all of this stuff came out on the day of this uh, that you're about to show and play, there were people that was on Facebook saying this is disgusting. You know, in regards to Trump supporters. In regards to, um, you know, people like you and I who support President Trump and they were looking at people like you and I as if we were the scum of the earth. And this is so bizarre because this uh, election totally destroyed families and friends. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's just it's just crazy and because
0: still destroyed today.
1: Yes, it will never be the same, unfortunately. But you know, it's crazy because people had gotten to their feelings because the the biggest thing that they painted was that he was a racist and that um, he didn't care for you know the black people and that you know he um, he basically said he should uh, the people who the story of the the four boys that raped the young girl or what have you, how he commented on that and, and all of this crazy stuff, just, just a whole bunch of nonsense. And they really, really did a good job with actually making him look like he was the biggest jerk of all. And that's not the case. Yeah. That's a shame. You could go ahead
2: speech we will never give up we will never concede it doesn't happen you don't concede when there's theft involved stop the steal his speech ran long or his appearance went over time and i think that caused some issues over at the capitol because there were people gathered over there who were already in the process of breaching some of the security lines before the president had stopped speaking So the people that were encouraged to go to the Capitol peacefully and made their voices heard were largely still over listening to the President when some of these uh, unusual things happened on the Capitol grounds. It really goes to the heart of other unusual happenings that day. The role of suspicious actors in various places around the Capitol, and all of which lead you to the conclusion that a deeper look is needed to really define that, what January 6th is, because we're still trying to define it.
7: People are talking about violence on January 6th. How did the police factor into this? I mean, who was really
2: instigating things? Which side? Well, there was plenty of police. Uh, provocation. The initial use of explosive munitions that day started at about 1 in the afternoon where the police launched explosives into the crowd which was pretty much just milling there and standing and these were very loud deafening and some of them had projectiles hard plastic pellets that rained down and uh, some had tear gas in them but when they landed in the middle They caused injuries, and they got a very angry response. That was a large crowd. From what I saw, there was quite a few older people in that crowd, and they fired munitions even far to the back, people that wouldn't have known what was going on up front. So this created an atmosphere that I think percolated through the rest of the day, and they continued firing into this crowd for well over an hour using those, what I would call heavy munitions. So I don't know what their strategy was in using munitions, which uh, They had said they were not going to use the less-than-lethal force munitions and things like that on January 6th.
7: Were the actions of the Capitol Police out of line? Were there violations in use of force? And what are the legalities of this? We spoke with Stan Keffard, one of the nation's top experts on police use of force and one of the top-rated expert witnesses in court cases on crowd control. Kefard has 42 years of law enforcement experience, including as security director for the 1984 Summer Olympics in Los Angeles. He served as an officer, detective, undersheriff, and chief of police at jurisdictions in Arizona, California, and Missouri. He has testified more than 350 times in federal, state,
3: and tribal courts. Supervisory failure. A frontline supervisor, a sergeant, or whoever is in control, a lieutenant, should have put those people in posted positions or in a skirmish line or in a defense posture, put them between the objective that they were protecting and the crowd. That wasn't being done. That was a shooting gallery up there. A congregation of officers, I didn't see a supervisor among them, who were using these munitions to inflict harm Uh, an injury on people below them. It's egregious. Rubber bullets have the potential to put an eye out. Shooting down into a crowd at the head level, which is the first primary target that would be hit by those rubber bullets, runs the risk of having somebody's eye put out or having them permanently disfigured. Impact front on from ground level is designed to hit somebody in the chest or lower so that it will sting and put them in flight. That is the design and purpose of the tool.
8: Hey, oh, hey, hey, fire! Hey, you good
2: These are people who largely support this law and order back the blue, so they did not understand why they're being fired upon. These were throughout the crowd, so there was definitely a stirring the pot effect. And, and eventually, it, it did come to a boil in certain areas.
8: Oh, oh. oh!
2: The protester was climbing the wall. He had seen somebody put a giant American flag up on the scaffolding for inauguration. And he wanted to put his Trump flag up. He scaled the wall, and when he got up there, he didn't have a chance to put the flag up. A couple officers took swipes at him over the rail and missed him but then he actually got into a standing position and a motorcycle police officer from Capitol police came up with a pretty good stride and shoved him and he fell at least 20 feet and was seriously injured that was witnessed by a lot of people and then when they carried him out a lot of the crowd saw the after effects of that and they were very upset
3: my analysis of a so
0: this is something that was stupid The guy shouldn't have been trying to climb up there to get to put the sign up there, but he did. It doesn't justify the policeman at all pushing him down off of a 20-foot drop. Mm -hmm. Not at all. So some of the things that you heard earlier in in the discussion from this expert is that the police that was there at the time... Did not do things properly. Right. First of all, shooting these rubber bullets, from what he's saying in his expert account, is that these rubber bullets are meant to be shot at on ground level with the person so that you can hit them in the chest and cause them to stun and then move out of the area. The whole goal of the crowd control was to get them away from what they were doing shooting grenades shooting tear gas shooting the rubber bullets the way that they did was another thing that was done to stir them up to try to keep people get angry and get mad but see the the group of people that was there were law-abiding citizens yes they believe in and support the police Yes. so when they were getting this treatment it was kind of kind of like confusion of why are the police doing this to us right we're here to help you know we're not here to stir up trouble if you look at a lot of these events that have went on over the years i'm thinking about some of the glenn beck events where they would have rallies um some of the 912 uh patriot groups whenever they would have rallies they would go in the area would be completely dirty before they came in they came in, had to rally, cleaned everything up made it look better than what they were doing um, before they came this would have happened and would have occurred on this event here had the police not done what they were doing because I firmly believe that all of these people that were there who were not bad actors were going to be good upstanding citizens not causing fights not causing riots not causing any types of disruptions for the police because they were there just to to be a voice and say hey we we were wronged you you don't get that we did not get that from the press as they reported this situation right through our TVs, through social media. This information was withheld of what the police did. And these policemen who were evil and did the things that they did need to be held accountable.
1: They do. And you know, it makes you wonder why the Democrat Party and some people in the Republican Party was very, very um, upset when some of this footage was released. Because they knew It wasn't the truth in regards to what the narrative was being pushed.
3: Yep. A police officer pushing somebody off the wall is that that individual is committing a crime, a very serious crime, again, putting that person's life at risk. It is unconscionable for an officer to do such a thing. The officer is required to take that person off the wall, strip cuff them, take them into custody and arrest them. <laughs> Hold time. Hold time. We're
8: getting hey. hey! We're coming. To work. coming to work.
7: Hold what is happening here? Why is this officer behaving like this? And his behavior seems to be a lot different from the other officers.
2: He stood out to us because of uh, he almost in a manic state. He was looking for more munitions. He had used his up and so he was Going to fellow officers and grabbing their munitions, whether it was a taser cartridge or it was uh, one of the grenades that they use with the hard plastic pellets. Hey! We, we did not see that from other officers, where it was, and as soon as he got one, he'd pull the pin and he would lob it into the crowd and you'd hear it explode.
3: He was completely out of control. A supervisor should have stopped him, got him out of that area, and he himself was committing crimes in the process.
4: Three ECD deployments, I got another taser.
3: If you tase somebody, you're obligated to cuff them, now that you've neutralized them, arrest them, and that's not what he was doing. He was using those devices to punish people, not to arrest them, and that is unconscionable.
4: Hey, Rich. fucking scaffolding. Yeah, just go. Just shoot.
3: It's a failure not only of training, but it's also a failure of bystandership and supervision. An officer who is placed at risk of being injured or killed because of the action of another officer who precipitated a circumstance that began to be dangerous because he wanted to arrest the person, uh, has a stake in that, and would go to the officer and say, I'm going to report you to the sergeant. I don't
0: I thought he made a good point about this. So it wasn't only the bad actors who were police, who were dressed as police, I'm not going to say 100% sure that they were police, but they were dressed as police doing these things that they were doing. There's also a responsibility on the part of the other officers to say, hey, what you're doing is not according to the rules. It's not according to the policies of the police department. What you're doing is a crime. Mm -hmm. None of them stopped these people. No one stopped him. He just kept going and going. And like he said earlier, his supervisor should have said, hey, he needs to be taken out of here. Something's... Some, there's a screw loose somewhere. Something snapped. Yeah.
1: yeah. Did you see some of the words that he was saying? Freezing some deployments? Yeah. And um, You know, he, he said, just, just shoot. You know, like, didn't care about any of these people who were there by right. He didn't care about life
0: at all. Nope. Nope. So some of these other officers that was there should be held accountable for for their
3: inaction. Mm -hmm. I'd appreciate that. You put us at risk because of what you were doing. I'm upset with you. But munitions come basically in two types. There are burning grenades and there are blast dispersion grenades. This appears to be blast dispersion, which caught fire. And if you fire them at an individual, rather than hitting the ground close to them, you run the risk of incurring injury to that individual that you're trying to A, disperse, or B, immobilize so you can arrest. If you do, that explosion at a face level could blind a person, it could deafen them for life, it could do both. And that was what Listen. was depicted here in they this. Know this There is no tactical reason at all. This is something that is, you're showing intent by shooting at that level. It was also evident to me that the crowd was angry. The one finger salute that was being given by that activist was a clear indication that they were mad. So what you've done is you constructively created a problem that you started out to disperse or arrest people with. You have, uh, contradicted what your mission was in the first instance, which was to disperse that crowd, get them back because the chemical munitions were having effect on them, uh, and not to uh, do something that is, um, in my mind, sadistic and
2: um, wrong, just wrong.
7: Good word Do we know anything about this incident with the bomb goes off in the crowd that this officer threw?
2: Well, I'm not sure that particular grenade uh, if we know what the result was, but others, they fell in amidst two gentlemen who fairly shortly after, had cardiac events. Right One, I believe was a stroke, the other was a heart attack. That loud of uh, retort in, I don't certainly can't say that that medically triggered it, but a stimulus like that, to anybody that's got a bad heart, those fellows both dropped pretty quickly, and they were carried out, and both of them eventually died. You may have a person who has a condition that could evoke a
3: reaction on their part that would be detrimental to their health. I'm not going to say that that's what happened here, I'm not a medical expert, I don't know. But I think it more probable than not that this precipitated what happened. The closer the density of the crowd, the more problematic the use of these tools is in terms of a number of things. There have been panic reactions, on um, compacted crowds resulted in trampling deaths and injuries uh, that occur. It's designed to get people to disperse, but in doing it with a compacted crowd, there isn't really that much maneuverability to disperse. And so it is a consideration that the commander uh, should review before using this type of grenade. And if he determines that that is a danger because of the compacted nature of the crowd, a burning uh, dispersion grenade would be a better tool, because the gas is coming, it's not an explosion that causes a micro-pulverized uh, particles to be embedded in people.
2: One of them may have been struck by a projectile, uh, a witness did report that, was struck in the side of the head, but they were in very close proximity, so they would have certainly felt the concussion, they may have even felt the heat. Uh, and certainly uh, any of the gas that came off of it. And the response was very quick. I mean, within a few seconds, the first fellow was down and he was without a pulse, and they never did bring him back. The autopsy uh, ruled it as a natural death because the, the, these fellows had history of, of heart disease, but it did not go into contributing factors. And, you know, the families were not surprised about the heart attack because of the health conditions, but you cannot ignore the timing. Again, it raises troubling questions that, right. that haven't been answered. <laughs> so the police this would have never happened if there. it was a crowd that back. was
1: outside of President Trump. This would have never happened.
0: No.
2: But they were on a, somewhat of an elevated platform and were pushing them pretty violently and there was a concrete barrier and they, several of these guys got flipped over. They were pushed so hard and they tumbled. It wasn't a large height but I wouldn't be surprised if there were injuries. It kind of shocks the census to see it because this wasn't uh, just Calmly shoving people back with riot shields or whatever. These these were, uh, well, kind of looked like a bar fight. It's very disorganized, as you can see, that they're they're throwing punches, they're striking people with batons, and even who, one going to do. They up. grab someone. Who did they grab here? Yeah. That's the that's the fellow who was tased,
7: and he So was, they they tased
2: this guy and dragged him. And him in? And then dragged him in. Yep. What's depicted here is a police
3: mob confronting a mob, and fighting with them using techniques and tactics that they're not authorized to use that they That's were not trained to use uh, their policies and procedures of any agency that i'm aware of does not include such thing as doing a front snap kick to an I'll individual chased away from the area that was responded to later by the crowd doing the same tactic a front snap kick to the officers you've created a one-on-one contest. This is not a karate match. This is a situation where you're obligated and duty-bound to disperse the crowd and to move them back or arrest those who stay there. That's not what was done.
7: There was a severe beating of a woman named Victoria White. What do we know about
2: her case? Victoria White from uh, Rochester, Minnesota, uh, with the crowd had come up to the the tunnel entrance and she says she had been pushed in by the momentum of so the crowd.
1: so about this. And she ended I'm up so being
2: trapped this. against one of the walls and fairly short time after she got in there, she was attacked by a police officer, a supervisor from the Metro DC Police Department and rib, went on for maybe five or- minutes. She was struck nearly 40 times in the head and face.
9: When the first blow came to my head by a metal baton, it was really bad. And I remember trying to keep myself up um, because I was scared I would be trampled. Originally I thought I'd just got hit like three times on the head. But it wasn't until I saw the video that I realized like how bad it was getting a the tunnel. I remember trying to keep myself up because I was scared I was going to be trampled. And I remember saying to the officer, you took an oath to the constitution and he called me the B word. And. Or that's when I got a, one of the hardest blows that I can remember.
3: The head is a sphere. And what happens when you strike a spherical object with a blunted object, at least resistance, and glances off the head? That's a possibility. The second thing is you can hit them flush and kill them. If your intent was to kill them, you should have been using a firearm, not a baton. So it fails, tactically, to use a baton to attempt to use it as a disabling force option. The baton is registered as a less than lethal tool. It is a tool like tear gas. It is a tool like the taser. It is a tool like using your hands to subdue the person so that you can handcuff them and take them into custody. An officer striking her with an overhand blow approximately 10 times to her body which she was protecting herself by putting her hands up to avoid the blows. Clearly
2: a defensive position, not an attack position. She was also punched in the face with a close fist by the standing <laughs> officer, I believe it was five times. It's a
1: man
0: that's
2: her doing her this. And where was she going to go?
0: Exactly. At least 20 officers there. So it's not like she was running through all of them and knocking them down and cursing them or anything like that she's damned yes
1: and none of these officers did anything about it and this is the this is the chief no this is the supervisor Overall,
0: who has some history some time with dealing with situations like this this wasn't their first situation
1: You can tell that this supervisor hated any supporter if this was a real supervisor they hated any supporter of Donald Trump
0: so so think about this even in the midst of all of this the crowd is still not going wild yeah because there, there really was an outnumbering of the people in the crowd all they wanted was for it to stop and there was there was anger in the crowd at this point obviously but for good good justifiable reason yes these acts that took place on them were unprovoked the crowd wasn't doing anything like that other than the bad actors that was trying to incite different things but these bad actors were there as plants to try to stir the crowd up but the crowd really could not be stirred they really were on their best behavior and, and i think that's something to, to draw a distinction from had this been uh you know in some inner city somewhere they'd have burnt the whole place down mm-hmm. they didn't no they didn't they didn't attack all the police they just stood there kind of like you guys shouldn't be doing this this isn't right Even in that, they stood there and was like, we're not going to do anything wrong because we don't want you to say that we're trying to do something that we're not. And they
1: weren't. Well, here's the mentality of a person for the majority of a person who um, is considered a a MAGA. They don't necessarily want to break the law because they understand the Constitution. They understand that they have... Freedom and free will and they exercise it in the way that it's not going to, you know, go over and beyond. And, and this is why they were out there in, in the first place, because they understood that somebody was not right. And they just wanted to walk and support uh, what has taken place against President Trump. Yeah. And uh, because uh these people were being planted. They had to stir up. It's not going to say it in this clip, but it, it is recorded that um, the person who is in charge of the logging for visitors the week or the two, the, day, the days before this um, January the 6th, they, it was some strange activity on the ground and um Nancy Pelosi and a few other of those people who are in, you know, those high places, uh, they did not do things like they normally would have. And when they were questioned, it was almost like, don't worry about it. We got everything under control type thing. So all of this was a setup from the very beginning. And you're going to hear that as you go along and listen to the findings of this, um, of the
2: matter. And the, the video is, is pretty graphic. They were taking her back through the tunnel to detain her. Um, so it was near the doors, the entrance to the Capitol. She is in the midst of a circle of police and she's kind of getting jostled back and forth.
9: I know at some point my shoes started to come off and I was falling backwards and my coat around my waist slipped down, and then I i don't know. And then I know at one point, I felt like I was falling backwards, then being pushed between officers, like ping-ponged. They had my hands behind my back. I didn't have my shoes. I just had my socks when they took me in. There's no words to express the way that I feel right now and um the atrocities that are have gone on the fact that we're labeled as terrorists yeah. we're labeled as racist i am a mom of four mixed daughters i love all people people's lies about us are causing myself and other january sixers to endure unspeakable health and justice i said
8: it,
9: it, it seems almost impossible
1: to think these girls could have lost would
7: populate mom. news sites all day and for months to come
1: sit out again to think these girls could have lost their mom behind this and all, all it was was she got jammed up not on purpose in the crowd and she got pushed through that that little area and there was so many police officers that was around her what was she going to do why was she being hit over and over with a metal baton on her head constantly constantly and why was she being punched in the face by a man a chief man or whoever of the of the um police the capitol police that doesn't even make sense to me. Oh, but this is what they try to hide.
0: It's retarded.
7: Were repeated in near uniform. Storm the Capitol, breach police lines, insurrectionists, treason. homogenous coverage came in real-time dispatches from the Capitol, but at the same time rally-goers had trouble making calls or sending texts to the grounds all day. January 6th was a display of grievance on behalf of a large swath of American society. That such an aggressive slice of the political world pushed these terms relentlessly, raises the first somewhat rhetorical question of why. Julie Kelly, political commentator and senior contributor to American greatness, has been one of the leading journalists on this topic.
5: It's all by design. And the idea that there are still people who believe, especially people on the right, who somehow still believe that the events of January 6th were organic. It was this uprising incited by Donald Trump's speech that day at the Ellipse. They're burying their head in the sand. So it's almost like a child. If no one is punished, no one pays any consequences for the biggest fraud perpetrated on the American people Mm -hmm. until January 6th, the Russia collusion hoax, because they all got away with it, they were emboldened. And so that is what propelled them to then hijack the 2020 presidential election and then figure out a way after that, how to bury and criminalize criticism of the 2020 election to finish off Donald Trump and the entire MAGA movement, which was the purpose of this inside job of January 6th. And so unfortunately, here we are, no one still has been held criminally responsible for Russiagate. Now we see the same interests dovetailing who coalesce behind the events of January 6th. What I think they're trying to do is take those two groups um, and tie them to Donald Trump the Oath Keepers who provided security for Roger Stone on January 5th. That'll kind of be, in my view, the way to get to Trump through the Oath Keepers, the proud.
0: So anybody that was associated with President Trump in any kind of way was labeled a terrorist, made to look bad. And this story here I thought was very, very good about what she's about to tell about these Oath Keepers, because You know, when we were when we were doing a preliminary setup of this, it is good to note that not all of the cops that were doing that was there was bad or evil. It was only a few. And this particular group here went in and rescued some cops that were in a jam, and they went to them because they knew that they were President Trump supporters. They and they knew that they were going to get them out and get them to the safety. So, uh, and, and I'm an advocate for getting the evil out, and I'm an advocate for addressing those policemen or people who were pretending to be policemen on that day and making sure that they get held accountable for the evil that they did against the American people. Their, their heads should roll from, from this.
1: Right. Um, who you see on the screen right now is the Proud Boys, but what you're who you're speaking of is the Oath Keepers. Right. So um, they are going to speak about the Proud Boys, but they're going to really give credit to the Oath Keepers because they did a heck of a job.
5: Yep. Boys, obviously, when Trump was led into saying stand back and stand by Proud Boys in that uh, 2020 debate, they're going to describe that as the rallying call to get the Proud Boys to attack the Capitol, overthrow democracy. So I think that's where uh, they're headed, but that's right. This has always been about Trump, right? Well, it definitely is. It has nothing to do with January 6th, and this is why I think a lot of Americans are tuning it out, because they have not asked the hard questions. Why was the Capitol intentionally unsecure that day? Why did Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell, Sergeant at Arms, the people who are responsible for securing the Capitol, not Donald Trump, The Capitol Police Board, which uh, included those two men, Paul Irving and Michael Stanger, why did they repeatedly reject pleas from Steven Sund, the ex capitol Police Chief, for extra help that day? Even as the chaos unfolded on January 6th, they still denied um, deploying the National Guardsmen, which of course Trump had already offered. In December, I think I said it was a setup. Um, I think now I describe it as an inside job. Um, Because it's the same interests who brought us Russiagate and everything since then, who conspired behind the scenes to execute the events of January 6th and now to uh, reap all of the political benefits that we've seen ever since. 18 months of nonstop fixation, um, the criminalization of political dissent and an attempt to finally drive a stake in the heart of the MAGA movement. This stuff does not happen by accident in Washington, D.C. So that's basically how I describe uh, January 6th to to anyone who wants to know exactly what the truth is, and that is uh, the truth that I believe. If
9: the media and if the FBI and the DOJ, in my documents, like the indictment or um, whatever my charges are, whatever. They make me out to be the aggressor. It's clearly not me, but the officers in that tunnel are the aggressor. And if they can say, take a picture, for instance, a a screenshot, a video, and say that, oh, look, she's trying to grab onto the shield. I was trying to hold myself up, and if they can say, "Oh, look, she's hitting an officer," or trying to pull him down or whatever they said, and yet I'm telling him to stop spraying me in my face, it just stopped. But they want to turn all that like I'm out to get them, like I'm out to to beat the police. In all that beating, all of that, I, I did not punch an officer. I didn't fight back against the police who who abused me and if they can lie about me i know for a fact that they can lie about everybody else that was there that day
7: before the smoke of tear gas had cleared the capitol The decision was made at the highest levels of government to hunt down everyone who was at the Capitol on January 6. The FBI and the Department of Justice began rounding up suspects the very next day in the most far-flung investigation of its kind. Many suspects experienced the full SWAT treatment as federal tactical teams in armored vehicles prowled through suburban neighborhoods. Front doors were blown off and flashbangs tossed inside. Family members were greeted with the laser sights of M4 carbines, trained on their bodies. Even children were handcuffed as agents sorted out who was who. Some 850 people have been arrested for primarily misdemeanor charges, such as entering and remaining in a restricted building, and even parading, demonstrating or picketing in a Capitol building. Some defendants were denied bail and still sit behind bars. To be charged even with trespassing meant being shunned by the community as traitors or insurrectionists. Some were fired for their jobs based only on allegations. For one of the defendants, Matthew Perna, the pressure was too much. He pled guilty to a felony charge of obstructing Congress and also misdemeanor charges. For these, He was facing over 20 years in prison, and he decided to end his own life. His aunt, Jerry Perna, said the charges that led to his death were unjustified.
10: The way they're going after people is absolutely insane. And then on the other hand, on the other side of the coin, you have people committing crimes, blatantly robbing and looting stores in California and places, and they're not even being arrested. You can steal up to $900 and not even be arrested. But you can't walk into the Capitol, the people's house, with police saying, Come on in. Nothing about this is normal. I don't put anything past them at this point. I don't. Um, they're out for blood and they're getting it. They appear to be winning. I believe with Matt and with many other of the J Sixers, I believe that this doj jumped the gun on these felony charges with many of them and i believe they just randomly passed these charges out and then decided to look for the evidence and in matt's case and so many others they simply didn't have the evidence but it was a roller coaster of emotion from that point on constant and he was watching the other cases and how they were pleading comparing his case to their case every time he had a hearing it was delayed he would gear himself up mentally prepare himself and they would delay it sometimes they would tell him when it would be sometimes it was indefinitely delayed or it was um discovery they don't have enough you know they're still going through the discovery process and that was mentally exhausting for him you press pause for a second immensely
1: this is, this is so crazy. It's making me think about how <clears throat> some people who spoke out about what was going on to, the, to them, to their story while they were in jail. And they were saying it's a power trip. These people who are detained are being used as vessels to let everybody know the hatred for the Trump supporters are real. And this is what we're gonna to do to you in regards to the authority uh, figure that had the power. You heard this woman say every time he had a hearing, it was delayed. This man killed himself because of the power trip that the that these people against the the, the MAGA, uh supporters, it's just beyond this is just so evil
0: he was innocent he was innocent with the rest of them but see this is what happens when government gets out of control you lose the honesty and the integrity of the of people who are elected to protect you and they forget that that's what their job is Hmm. they're supposed to be there to protect you to help you to help you follow the constitution. None of these things that was done were constitutional, they, they weren't. They violated your free speech, they violated your peaceably assembled. they violated everything about what it is to be an American citizen. In these, the Capitol Police, all the police, armed forces, the senators, the state representatives, swear an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. They need to be held accountable. Um, this, is, this need to be held accountable.
8: Yes,
1: I agree. This is making me think about one of the recent interviews that Hillary Clinton was sitting in. And she was speaking to somebody I don't know who it was, but she spoke about the the MAGA people, and she basically said an inappropriate gesture or comment about how they all need to be put away or they all, something needs to be done with all of them. So if you really think about this and you you hear what's happening to these people who are innocent, um, they're they're getting the max. Of what they do- what they appear to have done on the capitol whereas you have a judge I think judge canita uh, I don't remember her name right now she was letting people off who were who was h- human trafficking and um, mm-hmm. um predators pedophiles and basically th- it, the the lawyers were saying we would like for him to have this and she would take it down from the suggestion of the lawyers to having nothing almost done to these predators who was abusing children. And so when she was asked the question, why are you doing this by Ted Cruz? She was like, I can't discuss my cases, but yet you have people who haven't really done anything and they get in 20 years.
0: People were, were accused of committing were misdemeanors. Mm. If there should have been a ticket Mm -hmm. and go home. Not a lifetime of imprisonment. Some of these people have been in prison for three years. Yeah, they have. Yep. Solitary confinement. Yes. So they 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 can't walk amongst general population because they're quote unquote so dirty. Yes,
1: this is a form of torture.
0: This is a form of torture and for people silence anybody else who thinks that they can stand up and do what they did. Yes.
1: Yes. This is absolutely absurd and you wonder why God is upset. You wonder why people are going through uh, certain things right now because this evilness is beyond beyond comprehension. It doesn't make any
0: sense the biggest problem that i see is that we could not imagine none of us prior to it happening could imagine the possibility of someone stealing the election yes that no one could imagine the possibility of someone pretending to be trump supporters and going in and saying we're gonna destroy the Capitol. yes it was it wasn't it wasn't a thing that we we would even conceive and think about 9-11 no one conceived of anybody flying an airplane into a building it, it just wasn't done oh we're being hijacked so let's follow the protocols for hijacking and it wasn't a hijacking they had already intended on destroying themselves and committing suicide and flying those planes into the buildings these mm-hmm. people they're trying to incite the, the the people who were good people into rioting already had an agenda already yes. had a plan on what they wanted to have accomplished and they succeeded they succeeded because they had support from the press they succeeded because they had support from the the bad actors in the democrat party and they succeeded because they had support from the bad actors in the republican party who are still showing their tails to death yeah it's unheard of
10: to matt suicide it did um it was a head game that they were playing with him they're playing it with the rest of the j6ers they're mm. playing games and 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 it's working matt was a very kind-hearted person he had a smile that would oh. he was very thoughtful he loved talking to people that was a gift of his he could sit down with a stranger in a coffee shop and just start having a conversation with them and he loved learning about their lives and where they were from and how they grew up especially the elderly with people and by the end of the conversation he had made a new friend. And Matt didn't just make friends casually, he kept these people in his life. He had thousands of friends. Matt wrote beautiful paragraphs on every postcard talking about life and how he was enjoying his surroundings and he sent probably thousands in his lifetime. There's no getting past this and there's nothing anybody could say that's gonna make it any better. We miss him so much. And we will forever be heartbroken.
7: Many of the defendants from January 6th are still awaiting trial. And many have been held in continuous, solitary confinement. A form of incarceration deemed by the ACLU as a human rights abuse. Epic Times reporter and host of Facts Matter, Roman Balmakov, spoke with January 6th prisoner Jake Lang over the phone to learn about their conditions
4: i'm in solitary confinement over here so in dc and in alexandria i've been in solitary confinement um right now i'm in administrative segregation it's called and uh they won't let me go to general population because um, they want to torture me into trying to take some kind of uh decade-long plea deal uh, 108 months is the most recent plea deal i was offered a uh, decade in prison for defending saving lives and defending the Constitution. It's cruel and unusual punishment, and it's uh, specifically um, because they want to send a signal out to the rest of the Americans, if you ever dare to stand um, for your Constitution and for your civil liberties, that we will call you domestic terrorists, we'll drag you away from your home and your family and your community, we'll put you in deplorable conditions. torture you into uh, ridiculous plea deals and meanwhile drag your name through the mud throughout all mainstream media and call you white supremacist and all the domestic terrorists and violent insurrectionists and all this ridiculous nonsense. Um, they're using us to uh, punish, uh, pre-punish us before trial and to send a signal out to the American people that um, any resistance uh, that you have to tyranny will be treated as, uh, as I'm being treated right now. And so... Um, that's why I believe that they're torturing us, um, January 6ers.
7: Were the FBI raids warranted? Is it justified that many defendants have been held in solitary confinement while awaiting trial? Are the long prison sentences mainly for non violent crimes reasonable? This would depend on what actually took place and just how much of a threat the crowd actually was. Now, on the Trump side, we do know there was some violence. How significant was the violence on the Trump side?
2: Well, it certainly can't be denied. Some of the locales where there was some instigation, but uh, there was clearly enough trouble from Trump supporters uh, because it's caught on security video where th- things were hurled at the police pieces of furniture, a 16 foot Aluminum ladder was, they tried to use as a battering ram. Where does a 16-foot aluminum ladder come from? On the Capitol grounds during a protest. Uh, Never quite figured that one out. You saw mops and whisk brooms and uh, office desk drawers, uh, large plastic garbage cans and a a stereo speaker, a fairly heavy one, hurled in at the police. We do know that
7: normal normal riots often have projectiles thrown, we've seen BLM and Antifa riots with firebombs, Molotov cocktails, you know, of course, bricks, other, items, other objects like that. Was there anything that severe at this protest?
2: There were no incendiaries thrown. Uh, they did uh, arrest a fellow who had brought Molotov cocktails up within a block at the Capitol but then didn't do anything with them.
7: So of all the Trump supporters, I mean, what was the worst thing that we saw of violence on behalf of the Trump side?
2: There was a line of police uh, that were below a concrete barrier and they were climbing over. The police were moving out and climbing over. And uh, a man, at least wearing Trump gear, I believe was a Trump supporter, he took a running start and put his shoulder into the back of this police officer with full force. And the police officer went head over heels and landed. I think he was caught by his colleagues who were down below, but it, it was, I'm sure that could have caused an injury and the video is quite shocking. So that was clearly just wanton violence. This was not a reaction to anything. It's very clear. You can see he stops, seems to be making a conscious decision and then it wasn't a sprint, but it was a pretty good gallop before he made contact.
7: Now aside from him, were actions like what this individual carried out, were they representative of the rest of the crowd? Was anything like that common?
2: no i don't believe so i think your typical uh, rally goer that day even the ones that went over to the capitol uh, were more curious than anything now certainly enough of them got riled up when you're you're having projectiles fired into your midst but that particular incident you did not see a large number of those things Uh, and i believe they have they have arrested all of the people because it's pretty pretty easy to spot because uh, when those things are done uh, on video, so, uh, but I think overall it was a, s- a small percentage of the people that were there, which is why you were hearing people saying, "I was there and I didn't, I didn't see any of this stuff." Of
7: course, violence on January 6 was not limited to just fighting and riot control.
0: I think that's significant because I remember people saying that they was there and it was peaceful, it was quiet, you know. They, they did not encounter the stuff that these other people sent. Um, mm-hmm. that, that happened. But it was because it was going on in different areas. And I think whoever these people are who started this intentionally tried to get the areas that they thought the majority of the President Trump people were going to be at. So it could mm-hmm. make them look the worse and, and look the baddest. Wow. The, the, the whole the whole process you know that they, that they've been going through to try to discredit anyone who supports Trump. If you, if you look at the lawyers, you look at the people who have been helping him all along, they've done everything they can to try to embarrass them. Um, some of them are sitting in jail. Some of them have been made to confess things that they didn't do in order in order to uh, make them, make the whole thing look bad and it's just we don't want a country to to do this ever. You know, this is what we left when we left England. When you know, when we when we got rid of the queen and the king of England and became our own country, this these are the type of things that they were doing to us, and here it is coming back around full circle, where we're doing it to our people, and this this isn't right. Wow, what do you think the goal is here? separation and division and 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 it's it's aimed at bringing in the antichrist spirit into the united states in its fullness Mm -hmm. nobody likes to hear about the antichrist spirit but it's this is exactly what it is Mm -hmm. this is all a, a part of the plan to take the united states down make us into nothing so that you know our position on the world scene changes to a, to a negative position where nobody wants to even uh, acknowledge that we exist. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people
1: have said that what is happening to President Trump, it don't even have anything to do with President Trump, and I agree. Um, he came into the middle of the plan that was already started, and that's why Hillary Clinton can't forgive because it was so many plans that was um, created behind the scenes, so many different deals that was going on, and they kind of laughed. Obama, um, Hillary, all of them kind of laughed and thought that it was impossible for
0: President Trump to win. They so, really did not believe he was going to win at all. Yeah. They thought he had it in the bag. I mean, so it was, it was such a surprise to them that he won. Mm-hmm. That they, not know what to do with themselves
1: why do you think that is is it because they put so much effort to I making
0: believe that they cheated in that one too mm-hmm. but they didn't enough and you know so many so many people so many of the american people saw hillary clinton for who she was and was like heck no we're not looking for her this chick was- yeah there was a <laughs>
1: There was a black, um, there was an African prophet that he said he doesn't really visit America. He's not tied to America. He doesn't owe America anything. But God spoke to him and said, if he would have let Hillary Clinton be president, America would have been destroyed. So, so the guy was saying, I know I'm gonna get come against because this is how bad it has been. Anybody who speaks positive over. Uh, the situation pertaining to President Trump it doesn't even have to be you know directly or whatever but that's like a smack in the face towards you know people who hate President Trump so they're they basically he basically understood that he was going to get come against and he said I really don't care I don't owe America nothing yep. he said I'm just telling you what God said and he said that um um, Hillary Clinton has a Jezebel, you know, a Jezebel spirit and something else was going on. I can't remember, but he got, you know, he put that message out there as a warning to tell us now's the time to open your eyes. And everybody fought against what everybody had said. And it was really unfortunate because you tried to warn the people,
8: mm-hmm.
1: you try to tell them to go out and vote. You try to tell them if they could put aside his personality, which, I, which I've which i shared with my viewers many times, that he wasn't designed to be a punk. So, you know, um, they didn't want to hear that. And, and you know, you, you get attacked and you're like, hey, I, I, I'm i sorry, I'm not going to apologize for knowing the truth. But at the same time, it was such a demonic um, uh,
0: re- yeah. response. Yeah. Well, you know, you have to be of God when the whole witchcraft community stands up and says, We're gonna be praying against you. And yes. they did after he won. They stood yes. up, they wore those vagina headsets and they were walking around the Capitol <laughs> proclaiming their evil and that they were they were gonna target him and, and get him. It's 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 unreal.
1: Even the church people even the church people were like we're standing on the side of the democrats who now don't get me wrong I say this all the time um there are good I don't say this all the time let me let me not say that but there are good democrats out there that I believe they believe what we believe but because <laughs> because they are so oh, well, loaded,
0: I tried to tell my wife that there's Trump Democrats, and she was like, Damn, "Everybody should just be a Republican." And I was like, "You got to get everybody on both sides. Bring them in there. I think yeah. they're
8: hot." <laughs> well, you know,
1: I didn't know anything about um. You called you called it
0: the Reagan Democrats. There's no, with uh, vote for Ronald Reagan
1: it begins with a c it's like a traditional type of democrat but it begins with a c i can't remember what you said but basically what you were trying to um educate me on was it didn't used to be this radical but at the end of the day what was wrong with them if they knew the party was has turned see like i can't get with abortion i can't get with them um making certain laws against god you know and it seems like this is where their party is at. This is where they've been at. And I just can't, I can't get that, get with that. And a lot of people look at me as being a black woman. I am um, automatically supposed to be a, a Democrat and I'm supposed to stand up for women's rights and uh, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be able to 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 allow for myself to have such a free will where I could be a feminist and all of this stuff. Like no, quit it. That is not who I am. And so they look at me like, well, wh- what's wrong with you? Are you, you know, are you okay type thing? And it's like, are you okay? So <laughs> it's been interesting.
0: I think so.
7: In the aftermath of January 6th, Four police officers who were present that day committed suicide. Yet there were also people who died that day. After the incidents on January 6th, one of the first stories that a lot of the media were reporting was his officer Sicknick, they reported, had been beaten to death by protesters using, I believe, a fire extinguisher. What was the real story with Officer Sicknick?
2: Well, the real story is his death was ruled by the medical examiner uh, as from natural causes, that he had a stroke. and. Um, There was no fire extinguisher thrown at his head, but we continue to hear this used even in prosecutions and our own president uh, over this Recent weekend at a commencement said the rioters killed two police on January 6th
7: They're saying two police now who who is the other police officer?
2: We'd have to ask him It, it Uh, but these things just keep being repeated. We've even seen this brought up in court hearings and a couple times we've had defense attorneys speak up and say, whoa, wait a minute, that's not true. Uh, Four people died January 6th. They were all Trump supporters. Officer Sicknick died the next day and his case um, was not a result of being struck with any object.
7: So just to review then, Five deaths total from January 6th. Officer Sicknick appeared to die afterwards from health complications. We know Ashley Babbitt was shot and killed. Roseanne Boyland appeared to have died during the incident, although it was ruled as amphetamines. And then two individuals who had heart attacks or strokes, Uh, it appears that it was triggered very likely by munitions that officers had used against them.
2: Certainly could have been. I mean, they were close enough that, that that would be a concern.
5: The worst thing that happened that day was the execution of Ashley Babbitt at near Point Blank Range by Lieutenant Michael Byrd, who is exonerated in any alleged investigation, and the deaths this of the other Trump supporters, up. Benjamin Phillips, uh, Kevin Greeson, uh, and Roseanne Boylan, who died, all three of them, very likely due to excessive police force that day. That's another thing the January 6th Committee and the DOJ are completely burying, so to speak.
2: U.S. Capitol Police Lieutenant, Michael Byrd, who was off to Ashley's left when she climbed into the window and he was fairly tight into the wall would have been difficult to see that he was there and he has spoken publicly that he warned her you know he yelled at her to stop you cannot hear that on any of the audio it would be arguably very difficult because the the crowd noise coming from that hallway it was a din it was very loud but he had his gun trained on her as soon as he appears in the frame in the video. You know, it's not just, is drawn and he's in shooting stance. And then he advances forward and lunges, and then he fires at her and strikes her in the in the left shoulder. In the speaker's lobby, which is a fairly large space with marble columns, behind one of the columns that was probably 15, 20 feet uh, from where Lieutenant Byrd was, there was another officer who at almost the same instant as Lieutenant Byrd, drew his weapon into firing position. So he had trained on Ashley Babbitt coming through the window. Uh, did not fire as far as we know. You know it, the video was shot through cracked glass, so it's very difficult to, to get details, but it's very clear he raises his weapon into firing position and then <coughs> Lieutenant Byrd fires quite shortly after that and as far as we know then he he drew down and did not did not fire, but there was a second officer by the stance he took prepared to fire on her. It's hard to approximate the distance but it would appear to be some
3: eight to ten feet away from where she was coming through the window, at which time uh, Lieutenant Byrd produced his Glock firearm and fired once without a safe backdrop because there were officers behind her and other innocent persons behind her, striking her whereupon she fell to the floor, mortally wounded. Lieutenant did not go forward and handcuff Ashley Babbitt and administer first aid. So
0: I think this is a point that I was getting ready to try to make. This, this expert here talks about things that the police are supposed to do if they really are doing with, doing their job. So, if you're doing your job with crowd dispersal, crowd removal, and you're firing these munitions, you heard him talk about that earlier, and the people move, your job is done. But if you fire these munitions, you shoot the tear gas, and the person doesn't move, then you as the officer are supposed to go in and arrest the person, get them, take them away, and move them on to the next part of the process. This officer, therefore, is out of the picture, out of the scene. It's clear that these officers that are talked about here on this documentary, they didn't do any of those steps whatsoever. So, when he's talking about this shooting and how he just shot this woman, the officer's next duty is to go and put her in handcuffs, and then start giving her uh, first aid, trying to render any type of aid whatsoever. He never did that. So that right there so tells you that there's something off about this officer. Well, you know what he's going to
1: say, or what people are going to say. Um, he was afraid. He didn't know who was outside of the doors. How could he be afraid?
8: Like How come
0: that other officer didn't shoot? Uh, and it's probably a dumb question for me to say how could he be afraid but if 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 he was that afraid he only shot what one time two times and he didn't Once. go and disperse the rest of the crowd he didn't go and check on her so he, he shot and just cowered that doesn't make any sense well it was still people around how come they both didn't team up together and say, you got my back, I got yours, and we're going to go pull her out of this crowd? Go ahead. That's, That's true. Situation.
1: That's true. If you really look in that clip, it was a third person in there that looked like he didn't—he wasn't afraid at all. He had a three-piece suit on, yeah. walking slow down there as if. I know he had to see people at the door, the windows cracked. I know he had to see two oh, yeah, police officers.
0: Sticking out of the, the, the doors yes. or whatever.
1: So yep. he was chilling though. Like he was on the phone, like, yeah, this is just another day.
0: Don't make so, any
1: sense. Yeah, they did they did a lot of wrong and I was surprised because um this is the first time that I've heard that the police was responsible for the majority of the the chaos. Yes. I, I have never heard this before. So when I opened it this morning, I'm like, oh my gosh, are you serious? And then seeing this live footage of what they were doing, you know, of course it was planted people in there, but even the fact still, nobody had told that one guy in the very beginning, you're doing stuff wrong. You need to go sit down somewhere. You know, they were just like, going
3: on like everybody was okay. Nope. Dangerous. Yeah. Uh, He withdrew. He's out of the picture. There was an additional officer who withdrew his weapon, again pointing it in a direction that was not a safe backdrop, but did not fire. So there's a discrepancy between the need of the lieutenant to fire when another officer didn't fire with the same circumstances. In order for lethal force to be authorized, the officer must be able to articulate that he or she was in fear of losing his life, was about to be killed or grievously injured. There is nothing I saw in that film that would indicate that that was possible or probable uh, from what unfolded. Uh, Lastly, I am not aware of any firearms discharge report being written and I'm not aware of any conclusion that stated uh, that he was exonerated based on uh, a thorough internal affairs investigation, including the Graham v. Connor litmus test. The first thing that would happen immediately upon uh, a discharge of firearms would be, as I said, this now is a crime scene. And the Lieutenant should have closed on the person that he shot handcuff that individual to prevent recovery and necessitating weapon. Next thing, apply first aid, and immediately that area should have been taped off, sealed off, it becomes a crime scene and should await the response of the crime scene investigation unit, who would photograph the positions, the measurements, the forensics involved with the discharge of the firearm. A subsequent uh, discharge of firearms report would be required to be written by uh, Lieutenant Byrd. He would be placed on administrative leave with pay. His badge and ID card and firearm would be taken, uh, and an internal affairs investigation would begin. An investigation is concluded. That would go to the office of the chief of police, who would make a disposition in the case uh, that he, he, as the, um, as the chief, would have to make. I was shocked that the Department of Justice issued a three paragraph uh, response to this horrific event. Hold um, on for a second. Based on the fact that they included in their language.
1: I'm not shocked. You know why? Because they've been getting away with this for a long time. If you listen to those con- congressional hearings and meetings, these people that are in these positions that are supposed to be servants to the American people they have now adopted the mentality where they do not and they will not make them um go forth it's, to say anything yeah like they they will act like they're going to uh they can't say anything because of the case and all of this other stuff it's like they just, they're using that to basically not turn in paperwork not um, be held responsible for the knowledge that they know they may not have committed a crime to the degree that you know the other person has but they know about it and they will not say anything
0: it's all about responsibility to do the right thing say it again where's the person's responsibility to do the right thing that
1: that's gone that's gone and this is why we need the fear of the lord i'm telling you i'm hoping that god does something that will turn some things upside down because there is no fear in the you know in the lord uh
3: the graham v connor uh, litmus test which is objective reasonableness clearly from in any way this was not objectively reasonable and to use that language in defense of Lieutenant Byrd shows a conscious disregard for the facts as to how they came to that conclusion Lieutenant Byrd's refusal to be interviewed uh, after requesting his lawyer which never occurred
4: are you willing to give a statement to I would prefer to have a lawyer present under those other uh, than the uh, information that you just provided. That, that is perfectly understandable. And uh, I will not ask you to provide a statement today. I will ask you, though, that when you do secure counsel, uh, you have my business card, my contact information on them. If you'd have them reach out to me to... Uh, are you free to provide a statement when appropriate? Yes, sir.
3: He has a duty and a responsibility to be lie the department to lie him, to which requires that he answer their questions in an internal affairs investigation or face termination for refusing to answer. He has no right to withhold an answer. My conclusion was that, based on what I saw and observed in the video clip, that Ashley Babbitt was murdered Amen. she was shot and killed under color of authority Amen. by an officer who violated not only the law but his oath and committed an arrestable offense
5: what happened to ashley babbitt um happened anywhere else in the country let alone have the identity the name of the police officer involved have his name concealed from the public what
1: that you say? That report says something about her entering in through the window, if I'm not mistaken. Go back real quick to see what that thing said.
4: I my, this is part of my contact information. If you have to reach out to me to Free to provide a statement when appropriate? Yes,
3: sir. He has a duty and a responsibility to be Libargered, the department to Libarger him, to which requires that he answer their questions in an internal affairs investigation or face termination for refusing to answer. He has no right to withhold an answer. My conclusion was that based on what I saw and observed in the video clip, that Ashley Babbitt was murdered. She was shot and killed under color of authority by an officer who violated not only the law but his oath and committed an arrestable offense. All right stop that real quick. When Mrs. Babbitt
1: entered through the broken window and entered and entered the inner protected area wearing a backpack and refusing the verbal commands of multiple armed federal officers with weapons drawn, the threat she posed was clear and Lieutenant Byrd as the first officer in the final line of defense was absolutely justified in his use of force. Did she actually enter through the window? Because if that's the case, how did she fall backwards into the arms or on the ground?
0: The video showed that she was, she probably got her hand through, her whole body wasn't through yet. Exactly. But doesn't it sound like they're saying that she entered into the window already on the other side? Yeah And with all that noise if he did say Stop or I'll shoot. How's she gonna hear? It? You're in you're in an enclosed area people are yelling screaming the the it's marble walls you know all of that stuff just vibrates and reverberates and echoes how can you clearly understand if somebody's telling you to to stop? Yeah,
1: I agree. I mean, maybe people are saying, you know, at least she should have saw the guns, you know. But at the same time, it's 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 a it's a hard call, in my opinion, because you you well, really to don't.
0: What her ready to say. Huh? Listen to what her husbands get ready to say. Mm-hmm.
5: What happened to Ashley Babbitt um, would not be allowed to happen anywhere else in the country. Let alone have the identity, the name of the police officer involved, have his name concealed from the public for months. Um, that just never happens. Another case of the hey, media doing all of that. with Congress. That, that's you know he to with you. people uh, who you know, are are guilty of a crime.
7: Everyone's seen the video, I think, where Ashley Babbitt was shot, but what's not paid attention to is how she got through this window and exactly what happened. And there are these really suspicious individuals. What is suspicious about these individuals in the scene?
2: Well, the number of them, to begin with, uh, Ashley Babbitt, when she made her way up to the window, she was surrounded by people who fit that definition. In her immediate vicinity surrounding her, there were probably three or four three or four suspicious actors and 20 suspicious actors total in that room, in that area. And one of them, who was an instigator, Zachary Alam, he was the one bashing the window with with a black helmet, and he knocked out several window panes. And Ashley Babbitt kind of had a running spar with him. She was screaming at him to stop. She stepped forward and she punched him in the face.
7: Ashley Babbitt tried to stop this individual. Then you're saying
2: she did. She got after the police officers who were there. Why aren't you stopping this? You know, and you know she's been portrayed as a as a rioter, as a seditionist. Uh, but it's very clear in the video and the audio that she was. Uh, very upset and trying to stop what was happening because they were bashing in the glass and the doors that lead to the uh, Speaker's Lobby and right onto the house floor and then when she I and mean, her husband is Totally convinced that when she does the the punch to Zachary Alam She had decided that she needed to escape from that hallway that it had gotten scary the conditions the SWAT team was coming up the stairs and she was afraid of crowded places, so she decided I have to get out of here. When she climbed up in the window, there were two suspicious actors, one on either side of her. We don't have a clear enough video angle to see if either one of them pushed her up into the window or helped her into the window, uh, but they were in that position on either side of her, and then when she was shot and fell back, Again, these same several suspicious actors were right around her when she fell and was laying there. So it raises all sorts of questions. Did they, what role did they have? How did they all get there at the same time along with all these other people?
7: Another suspicious point with all this is one of the individuals who breaks this glass is, is communicating with another one. We can watch him in the video. And then as the SWAT team is moving up the stairs, this individual goes back down the stairs and looks like
2: he's changing his clothes. Zachary Alam did that, when he saw Ashley had been shot, he realized it, uh, you can see on the video, he physically responds, he almost jumps back and the look of horror, he was genuinely terrified. It certainly, certainly seemed to be, even though he had created the conditions that led to that by, by the violence with the helmet and the, the smashed glass. And he did uh, he did go down the stairs and did not come back up. But there were a number of people on the stairs that we haven't been able to identify and also haven't been charged and who are familiar enough with the police to, to go up to them and say things or pat them on the back. Who they are, we, you know, we still haven't uh, figured out. But for that many unidentified people to be in a space where there was a fatality like that, uh, you know, it, it, it goes to our longer list of, of burning questions.
7: News outlets have tried framing Ashley Babbitt as having not been a peaceful protester, and House Democrats have painted her killer as a hero. Yet video evidence tells a very different story of her and of her death. Who was Ashley Babbitt? We met with her husband, Aaron Babbitt, in San Diego to learn more.
11: Ashley just loved life. She loved herself. Nobody loved Ashley more than her. I mean, she just woke up every day wanting to take on the world and, you know, never had a task that she didn't want to conquer. And the harder it was, the more she wanted to fight for it. She loved her dogs. I mean, we had three dogs. I've lost all three of them since January 6th. It's been a rough 18, 19 months.
7: What happened on January 6th? I understand you were not there. She went. What what was kind of the, what did you hear from her and why she wanted to go?
11: We were sitting on the beach in Cabo. It was Christmas Day. She was looking at her phone and she said, President Trump's having a a speech uh, January 6th. And I really think I want to go, you know, because it might be the last time I get to hear him talk or at least, you know, for another four years. And I kind of shrugged it off, laughed it laugh, off, because you know we had already been on vacation. We shut our business down for two weeks between Christmas and New Year's. And but when Ashley has her mindset on something, she's gonna do it. and That's the relationship we had. You know, I was we always wanted the other to do what made them happy.
7: Yeah. So why did why did you decide not to go as well?
11: Oh, I mean, we have a business. I was not political at that point. The Aaron sitting in front of you on January 5th is completely Aaron. Errand, different errand sitting in front of you now. I was just well over politics, that was more her thing. And Obviously, I, you know, I voted and supported for President Trump, and I will again, but it just wasn't my thing. She was having the best day of her life, and you could see that. She put on I a Facebook Live out. video of her walking down red the, red the, the inaugural path, on the way to the Capitol, and she specifically says that I just got to see President Trump speak, and I can tell you, as big of a fan she was and a supporter, that she would never leave until he was fully out of sight.
7: Now, did you receive any messages from her when she was in the Capitol building? Yeah, I mean, I got a couple texts,
11: but it was just, you know, I'm inside the Capitol and I was looking at like, yo, what? And I turned my TV on real quick. Everybody was inside the house chamber just going about their own business. And I remember taking a picture of my TV and going, they don't look very concerned. When the news that she was shot
7: came out, what was your reaction? Uh,
11: I watched it live. I I was watching it happen. Um... I had to, out here in California, we were still heavily locked down for COVID. I had to make a gym uh, reservation and I had a short day that day. So I got home at like 11.30, our time. Um, I got a call somewhere just after 12, saying that uh, it it was from a person that I really don't talk to. I mean, him and Ashley's wife were really good friends. We're, We're buddies when we're around each other, but that's about it. He said that his wife had um, thought that she had seen Ashley on TV and looked like she'd been hurt. There was something about a door or a window. I could hear the tremble in his voice, and I hung the phone up. I walked outside you know, out into the living room, and I turned my TV on, and the very first image I saw was Ashley laying on the ground. With blood, you know, blood coming out. The lights went out. I collapsed. I came to, there, was, there were people in my house, uh, i knew them but i don't remember them coming in at that point i mean my life really just changed forever i mean i had to my phone started ringing and i'm you know thinking hey i'm getting info now and it's hey this is so and so from this tv station in san diego i i I, you're not who i want to talk to i'm trying to find out what happened to my wife you know and i'm i have to answer these phone calls i was bound to the same use of force continuum that those police are in D.C. I worked at a security and nuclear power plant. I knew the steps. I could spit them out verbatim when I was working there. And so I knew that it was a bad shoot. And I knew immediately, like, hey, something really, really bad just happened from what I saw. But it was probably a span of like a month that I was just terrified. I didn't want to watch it again. What I had seen, it just was so traumatic. I didn't want to watch it happen again. But then I'd like run into random people that I knew, grown men, customers, and they'd just be sobbing on my shoulder, and I'm like, I don't think I've really seen it all in, in its entirety. Uh, so I had to make that jump into um, basically watching and looking at every picture that no husband should ever have to look at, but I had to, because I had to harden my skin, I had to thicken my skin over it. So I got to the point to where I just, I, you know, rip the Band-Aid off every morning. I'll search Ashley's name on Twitter. I'll read all the bad stuff. I'll, you know, whoever wants to put a picture up, I've already seen it, you know. So it just, I do that, and it got me to the point to where nobody can rock me, you know. Nobody's going to say it to my face. They're not going to, you know, it's just, that's just how it is
7: ashley babbitt was the only person confirmed to have been killed on january 6. but another death also has video evidence suggesting that dc metropolitan police may have played a role that of roseanne boyland
2: roseanne boyland was part of a crowd that had gathered in the tunnel entrance on the lower west terrace as one of the entrances to the Capitol, and the police in trying to drive the people out, unleashed some sort of chemical irritant that appeared to displace the oxygen. The witnesses described the feeling that the oxygen had been sucked out of the air and they couldn't breathe. Because people could not draw a breath in, they very quickly went unconscious. And Roseanne was one of the first to fall. Right at the tunnel entrance, she went down. A number of people who continued to push out landed on top of her. In almost an instant, she was under five or six people deep. There is a duty on the part of police once they push somebody out of
3: the tunnel or attempting to push them out of the tunnel and they fall to render aid
2: or to get them up and get them out of the tunnel. It's incumbent upon them to do that. The video is quite shocking. It looks like a waterfall going down the steps leading away from this entrance. People just tumbling out and at that point the police were, were pushing. They were pushing everyone out after deploying the gas. And so you had a a pile of humanity and the people at the bottom, of course, were being crushed. And Roseanne was terrified. She was calling out, someone help me, someone help me. And another uh, bystander held her hand while she became unconscious. My assessment of
3: the use of gas in a tunnel, a confined space, is as follows. The objective of the use of gas is to disperse or to arrest those who fail to disperse. In a confined space like a tunnel, when you discharge gas, you suck up the oxygen. You cause a panic reaction, which increased breathing, which ingest an ingestation of gas, causes pain and problems that cause people to pass out. So
7: Roseanne's trapped under these people. She collapsed when, again, the air had been sucked out of the room by some kind of chemical irritant. How did the police react to her?
2: The crowd and many, many people in it were begging police to help they were pointing down to Roseanne on the ground saying we have someone down she needs help please the one gentleman uh, please save her please please and the reaction was silence there was no reaction and if there was any it was uh, one of the officers kicked a couple of fairly large gentlemen in the hindquarters and kicked them on top of her so she had more people uh, land on her after that I saw Individuals who were
3: screaming for assistance to be given to her, that she was dying, please save a life, those kinds of comments. I saw one individual who was struck with a baton and bleeding, who was screaming for help to be rendered to her, and nothing was
2: forthcoming from law enforcement. The crowd was desperate. It's not fun to watch somebody die, and they Need knew the she was- blood coming moment. down
1: from his head.
2: And, yep. and when their entreaties were ignored, it turned to anger now we have this video
7: footage of roseanne boyland being beaten by police at what stage did this take place
2: well she had been down possibly five minutes uh, and there was a battle going on at the the front of the police line because people were appeared to be trying to protect her and one of the officers who was just new up to the front of the line. She had just come up. She attacked one of the protesters, or she struck him i should uh, in the arm and struck him again and missed. And then, inexplicably, she turned her physical assault on Roseanne Boyland, who was, had been unconscious for some time. In
3: analyzing the film, I saw a police officer from D.C. Metro with a stick, that was a walking stick, strike a downed Roseanne Boyland three times. Which is that? That's evil. Yeah. Yeah. Times. I was horrified, twice in the head and once in the chest. We don't train officers to hit people in the head with a blunt object. It's to be avoided. We teach other targets, arms, legs, things like that. Moreover, we don't teach officers are not trained to strike a down person. My conclusion in reviewing the officer's behavior was that they were untrained, they were not properly equipped, they were not properly commanded and supervised, and that they did a reactive, fear-struck, or anger-struck tactics, where they punished people rather than arresting or dispersing them. It is sense. definitely a crime that was committed by Officer Morris when she struck a down person. What she should have done is again handcuffed the individual and rendered first aid. Yes, it's assault under color of authority with intent to do great bodily harm. She was seriously attempting to injure Roseanne Boylan by
2: striking her when she was in a down position
3: and unconscious.
2: The officer tried to continue but she was uh, swinging so hard the stick flew out of her hand so she had lost her weapon, and then a colleague of hers behind her pulled her back into the Capitol itself. And the entreaties for Roseanne continued. A gentleman stepped up, was holding a medical crutch, an aluminum crutch, to basically block police. He started out his role in this by asking people to pray. And you can see this on video, he turns around and he's shouting at people to stop and pray, because he thought people were dying, and indeed, that's what turned out to be the case. In a short while after that, he is at the front line, this crutch just flies in from off camera, lands at his feet. So he ended up picking that up. He said, I'd try to make myself as big as possible to be a barrier between the police and the crowd. And as he did this, some of the bystanders pulled Roseanne down the steps and started CPR. I and mean, he's charged with, uh, with multiple uh, counts, but in the media and even in his own fam- extended family, uh, he got pretty widespread condemnation. You know, he was labeled as, as a, an insurrectionist uh, in that he was assaulting the police. You can look at that video and you can draw other conclusions, but his input was key. He was widely condemned. Short time after Luke Coffey held the crutch up and the bystanders tried doing CPR, they picked her up and set her down right in front of the police. You watch the video and it almost seemed to be like, here is a person in need of help, help her. And uh, eventually an officer did step forward and grabbed her by the foot, but they, they dragged her out. And it reminded me of deer hunting, you drag out a, a deer carcass. And you know, her arms went up over her head. She lost a good bit of her clothing in this process. Uh, But they pulled her into the Capitol. Then she did receive emergency care, and I think heroic care. The officers that were inside didn't hesitate. Unfortunately, we're pretty sure she was deceased by that time, but that did give the family great comfort to see that not all the officers were indifferent to what was going on with her.
5: Imagine if the American people actually saw just what happened to Roseanne Boylan and these officers who keep portraying themselves as heroes that day when they were the villains and i've said this over and over the people who acted most violently on january 6th were capitol and dc metro police people don't want to hear that i think that's why you have so many men who are at that mouth of that tunnel trying to protect her and others who are on the ground, others who are being beaten by police officers. That's why you have so many of those men under pretrial detention orders, trying to torture them into plea deals because they don't want trials and they don't want the evidence of what happened in that tunnel to come out at trial. And so I think that's why you've got at least six or seven men who were there who were also, who were pitting police officers. I mean, I'm not, that is a fact, but when you see law enforcement, when you see thugs disguised as police officers, you're not, you can defend yourself and others around you. And the fact that even the video that most of the public and certainly the media has seen, that they have not questioned why those police officers did not stop what they were doing, clear an area, and attempt to resuscitate her, help her, or get her out of that crowd, um, that they dragged her back through the tunnel. uh, And I've heard descriptions of what she looked like being dragged through that tunnel. Again, that's why they don't want the surveillance video released, right? I mean, you have thousands of hours of it.
2: The DC medical examiner ruled it was accidental and ascribed it to amphetamine intoxication. She had a prescription for Adderall for ADHD, which she had been on for probably 10 years. It was a drug she was certainly (laughs) used to, and there was no indication she had any distress up until the point she fell, but that was his finding. And the, the family, the Boylan family, immediately uh, felt they needed to challenge that. And they did hire their own pathologist to review the autopsy. And that person came to, came to a different conclusion and said that uh, amphetamine intoxication was clearly not the reason for her death. And seemed to acknowledge that the circumstances she was in with the crowd and being crushed and this violence going on around her and uh, And pepper gel just dripping from on high uh, and she's probably inhaling some of this stuff that those could have been very easily aggravating factors.
7: Video footage of protesters fighting with police at the doors of the Capitol building have been among the more common scenes used by media outlets trying to paint the protesters as violent. Yet the full context of that scene is often left out when the video evidence is shown in its full context it's clear the crowd is trying to rescue Roseanne Boylan as police beat her unconscious body. To get the deeper context of the crowd and what took place, we met with Luke Coffey, the man who pushed the police back using a crutch, which then allowed other protesters to pull Roseanne from the tunnel.
6: I was walking back to the hotel and I was approached by three different men, kind of younger guys, that were running away from the Capitol and were basically telling uh... people that we need patriots at the capitol there are people dying inside we need patriots but it was i thought it was strange because they're running away from the capitol and we were still at least a mile probably away i was prodded at that point by the lord really to to i wanted to go up there to the front and try to stop the chaos and confusion and and whatever was going on i didn't know i didn't know anything at this point So initially when they approached me, it was it was uh, I, I felt it was just it stood out as a very strange occurrence that they were um, trying to get people to go up there, and why were they running away from it? it was it was bizarre, really. And I had a a friend that is uh, I would consider a conspiracy theorist by nature and he warned me that there could be a false flag incident that day, be very careful. And that's immediately what I thought that these gentlemen were trying to escalate provocateurs that were working to get people up there. I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, go up to the front and pray. And it was very clear voice. I think there are three voices in our head, our own, the Holy Spirit if you know Jesus, and demonic spirits that can influence you. I know was not my own voice, and it was the Lord that very much told me, and I felt it was a prodding in my heart to go up there, regardless of the risk, and just pray, and and pray for peace. As I was walking up there, it did, I felt like there were saints, you know, that were making eye contact, going out of their way to make eye contact with me. And this is a crowd of twenty to 30,000 people. But it was certain people that were just still and peaceful and just making, they'd give me a little nod or just make eye contact with me. And you know, the eyes are the window of the soul and it was something incredible that really has stood out um, to me and I haven't told a lot of people. It was an overcast day for the most part, but the clouds opened up and I did see these strips of paper coming down. They were verses that were, encouraged me to continue on and I don't think other people saw them, and I know I wasn't hallucinating. Um, but it was prodding me to continue on. and
0: uh... I would like to know if those strips of paper were just real, or something that was just in his imagination that God caused him to see, so that he could do what he did in order to help. But um, it's going to be interesting to see if any of the footage comes out showing this these strips of paper or if there's going to be other people who come out and say, they say, they seem the same thing. It's just, mm. uh, it's kind of different for here, for, for him to say this. So, and
1: you know, how, you know how people will say they saw in the spirit and mm. then they will, you know, it seemed like it's real. So I think this is what happened to him. You know, he's already saying, you know, he felt a prompt from the Lord.
0: So he's, I think he's he, he, spooky, spiritual, but I mean, I get it. You think he's spooky spiritual? Yeah, I think he's, I think he's spooky spiritual. I, I mean, he's, he's probably legitimate, but it's just kind of... I don't know. It's, it's, it's a good story, you know, for what, he's, for what he's doing and what he did. And he's suffering because he stood up for righteousness, but...
6: And again, people can think I'm nuts, but until you experience these things, uh, you, you may be a doubter. So when I saw the, the verses coming down, it only solidified what God had told me to go up there. They were, at one point, several points, at, at several points, they were. the crowd was out there singing Amazing Grace. It was a picturesque experience that was, I felt like God gave me a glimpse of uh, heaven in this chaos and confusion that was going around was this beautiful, peaceful thing happening, which uh, which I, I know was a gift and and uh, it was truly incredible. And, and that's what led me to, to go up to the uh, West Side Terrace. When I went up there, they started deploring the on, tear gas. Uh, people started falling backwards on top of each other
1: if you look at his body language you can tell that he was thrown off too normally spooky spe- spooky people are 100 like yeah yeah god said god showed and they're more they're confident in the way where it seems goofy but for mm-hmm. him to me he was like he couldn't. He couldn't explain it, but he was telling it as he's how he saw it. So to me, in my spirit, I'm thinking he had
0: he he saw something. He saw something. I'm I'm curious, uh, and and I'm not saying he didn't, but I would just like to see a second corroboration of the story, because uh,
1: have you haven't you saw in the spirit realm certain things that that took place or?
0: I, I, I have seen that, but here's 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 my spooky spiritual part. He's out there at the rally, and God told him to go to the front.
1: I'm waiting for you to say a little bit more.
0: I'm, I'm just I'm just saying it. Just why does that seem unrealistic? It's just something that just, it don't. right now, it's just not, it didn't sit right with me when he was telling it, but now even more so, it's like, hmm, we'll see, there'll be more that'll come out. I just, I just want it noted for the record, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to deny his story, but it just. If you don't know, Radio Fire Radio guest, uh, not a proponent of religions <laughs> or religion or the religious spirit because just some, some goofy stuff that goes on
8: in that. But
0: this isn't, I don't want to take away from the story because he had an important role in, in this right now.
6: Other and we were trying to get away because they couldn't breathe from the tear gas. I saw multiple women that I tried to help that were on the bottom of three to four people piled deep and I was, with no success, was able to pull them out. So, at that point, I went to the crowd and was saying, we gotta stop this, we gotta pray. Roseanne was one of the people I saw up at the top of the steps that I was trying to help out, along with several other women that were underneath and people were screaming out that they couldn't breathe. And it was very traumatic. The gas made everybody freak out and, and caused more chaos. And uh, so everyone had fallen on top of each other. And so I went up to the front telling them, everyone stop and pray, because I really believed people were gonna die. I thought people were gonna perish underneath that, that crowd because it was just jam packed. People crying out maybe for their last breaths. At that point is where I did hear the voice of the Lord say, Luke, go stand in the gap. And uh, and at the same, around the same time, these three other guys were talking about that we need to do something so this doesn't happen again. So this, so to deescalate it, to, to prevent it from happening again. The a couple of these guys were like, I, I don't want to risk going up there. And, and one said, I got my family to think of. And I said, I'm single, I'll go up there. And, and uh, so I, tried to walk as peacefully and slowly as I could um, and go right up to the line of, of police and I didn't know how many there were I did see that they were swinging and it was violent and there were people on both sides swinging and so I said stop immediately stop guys we're all Americans stop I was immediately sprayed with pepper spray directly to my face and was being hit as well so I couldn't see well obviously but I looked down and Happened to see a crutch that I guess had just flown up there and landed at my feet. And so. I was prompted to pick it up and put it over my head. The most peaceful thing I could do is make myself big and try to make a wall between both parties. I don't know if it's audible in the recordings, but I said, in in the name of Jesus, Lord, please stop this. And then I turned around and said it to the crowd, stop, everyone stop. Then I was hit in the back, which prompted me to turn around and put the crutch in a defensive manner uh, in front of me. It was a fighter, I can say it was a fight or flight response to being uh, attacked and and you know the crutch was never meant to be used in, in any other way than to defend myself or peace to peacefully make a stand and then to defend myself. There was a reason, and it wasn't a coincidence. And I do I, I don't believe in coincidences. I believe they're they're fingerprints on our lives, evidence of God's greater plan. And so I wasn't that surprised that that's where Roseanne was. Um, and I, I just wish more could have been done to save her life. One of the biggest crossroad moments of my life was first experiencing getting hit by a car with the love of my life over my shoulder and uh, her perishing that evening. What I learned f- from that experience is that God is the author of our lives. He is the great uh, director. He is, uh, he is in control. He's sovereign. He's providential and god used what was the my worst nightmare to show to really show up and and in, in my life and so it was the that was the heart it's it's weird to say but it was the greatest moment and the worst moment of my life mm-hmm. when i lost her so when for to have another woman in my proximity um is very I don't know what, what to say about it
8: mm.
6: the FBI reached out and I immediately called him back and told him the story just like I've told you told him that I did have contact with the police and but I was very much trying to break it up and and even he said Mr. Coffey looks like you were trying to de-escalate things he said you're not a suspect at this point point. and for about 14 or 15 days I was told I was not a suspect Initially, he said, if, if they charge you anything, it will be a misdemeanor, disorderly conduct. But he said, they may not charge you at all. You know, it says you were, it looks it looks like you were trying to de-escalate things. <clears throat> so, you know, 10 or 12 days later, he said, Mr. Coffee's not looking good for you. And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, well, we've seen some new evidence and uh We're going to need you to uh, come in and talk to us. I said, well, let me let my lawyer talk to you. That's right. Didn't have a lawyer at the time, but I quickly got one and uh, hired one and and uh, who negotiated what became me turning myself in to the FBI in Dallas. I spent 45 days in a prison down here in Texas, Limestone County. I've had two plea deals come in, one of which was four to five years, pleading guilty to a felony assault with a deadly weapon, the crutch being the deadly weapon. When I met with my lawyers most recently, I was able to go to Midland, Texas, where they are for several days, and they had a potential plea deal that was similar to another defendant that was, 8 to 14 months, but still pleading guilty to a felony assault with a deadly weapon. I just know I feel called to fight for truth, not for just myself, but for other J6ers. The only thing they can do is kill me or put me back in prison, and I'm not scared either way. So, I'm ready to do whatever God calls me, and whatever He wills it for my life. It's my absolute full intention to go to trial.
2: One of the defense attorneys for the Oath Keepers filed a motion that identified 80, what he calls suspicious actors and material witnesses. These are people who have uh, not been arrested or charged or even identified. They're only identified by somewhat whimsical hashtags that the Sedition Hunters website assigned to them. And they were present in concentration in certain places where there was trouble, including at the, on the east side at the Columbus Doors. So he went through, and and he gave them numbers, and you'd see when the police line was breached, the breach point included, it was almost exclusively the suspicious actors. Attorney Brad Geyer, when he filed this motion, and he watched this over months, the video, that a lot of these fellows worked in two-man teams, tactical teams. And then they were also seen later up on the terrace when they were trying to get into the Columbus doors. He raised a big question, which would be exculpatory for a lot of defendants that if there was anything that was staged, that calls a lot of things into question. And so he's trying to identify those people. He wants to use facial recognition using the government's own databases because these folks are not listed anywhere, and there's been no explanation. Uh, prosecutors have adopted a policy of just no, no comment outside of court filings, so uh, we have asked, you know, can, can you explain this? And there has been no response. Obviously, there will be in in responding to the motions at some point, um, so we, we don't know uh, and how those folks got there, but it, compared to people who were charged, and some of them very quickly, some on January 7th uh, of 2021, um, to have people unidentified, and that larger group that, that don't even have a name, much less be arrested or charged, that strikes me as very unusual. They were in various places, at the first breach point in a smaller number, on the uh, the east steps leading up to the Rotunda, a much larger group, and then there were others that were at the location where Ashley Babbitt was shot. Pretty substantial, more than 20 that we've identified. For the most part, people that have not been arrested or even identified, some of them. See, this
0: is why I say that this is a coordinated attack by someone, don't know who that someone is. It's it's George Soros, Obama, Hillary Clinton. You know, those, those level and caliber of Demonic people bringing this stuff into our, our, our world. And I remember talking about this in a sermon, maybe in 2017. I was talking about mass confusion coming, and don't be jumping on the bandwagon because it's going to be it's going to put you in a situation where you know uh, you, you you
1: see this. You called it the wall. God called it the wall of confusion. The
0: wall of confusion. Yes. You see this this wall hit people and they they will do things that they normally wouldn't do. And you get in these if, if you get in these situations and it's you know not orchestrated by the devil, there's a good chance and a good opportunity for you to do something that's gonna give God a black eye, but Something on this large of a scale had to be planned. I just, I just, I just wholeheartedly believe it. They had to plan this out, and it really depended upon the "Make America Great Again" supporters just being dumb. And I don't think we were. I think, I think the majority of us did the right thing. They just they just kept provoking and provoking until they completed and pushed us over the edge.
1: Yeah, you know how it's always one. It's always one in the crowd. So, you know, I was glad to hear the honest truth, because if the gentleman, this gentleman that's talking right now, if he would have said, no, we didn't see anything from the Trump supporters, I would have been like, that's shocking. Mm -hmm. But he ended up saying that it was a small percentage and to be honest with you, I'm not sure if they even know exactly who were the true Trump supporters or not. You know, but at the same time, um, I believe that there's always one. So I, I, I think the honesty was was good, and because he didn't have to say that, I believe that it was a very small percentage because he didn't have to say it.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Them are listed on the FBI's most wanted site, uh, but we still don't know who they are.
7: One of the most suspicious individuals, one who's shown up a lot of headlines, is Ray Epps. What happened with Ray Epps?
2: We see him a lot from January 5th on the night before he was amidst the Trump supporters and appears to be encouraging people to not just go to the Capitol the next day, but to go into the Capitol.
11: Tomorrow, we need to go into the Capitol! Into the Capitol!
2: (laughs) And got in some verbal sparring with some Trump supporters who were chanting, Fed, Fed, Fed. Had him pegged as an agent because I think they knew it was an illegal thing to do, potentially. He went around that crowd encouraging people to go into the Capitol. Because of the stakes here, we've got to go into the Capitol. Uh, there were plenty of people charged that day for encouraging others to go inside the Capitol and Ray was Arrested or charged with anything.
7: Wait, so they're going after people for entering the Capitol building But one of the individuals who demonstrated, you know, pre premeditated entry to the Capitol and was encouraging others was never actually charged
2: That obviously raised a lot of questions, and I know uh, he denied being any kind of an informant uh, working for the government and um, But yet, we see him quite a few times after that. Uh, And this was well before the president had finished speaking. At the first breach point, you know, he is seen interacting with some of the people that pushed over the barriers, and one of the men charged with the first breach, he was talking in his ear hard to say what he was saying he he claims that he was telling the young man to back off but what the fellow actually did is he turned around and dumped over the the barrier and the group was off to the races he was seen again at the next breach point and again just backed off of the front line Uh, so he he clearly had a presence and the prosecutors have promised to explain and give more information about him uh, back in march day they said they would do that. That hasn't happened yet. So, you know, it just it leaves a lot of questions and speculation uh, of what a lot of the defense attorneys are calling suspicious actors.
7: Who is this individual we're looking at in this piece of footage?
2: Well, a radio journalist from Michigan was shooting video that day at the Capitol. What he captured were two most charitably called suspicious actors, but they are dressed in such a way that led him to believe that they were government agents. And one of them, after the windows had been broken by a protester, it was encouraging people to, to pull the rest of the glass out and go inside. Bobby Powell, who was the journalist that had shot it, and he has his camera rolling, he told him that would be illegal and that wouldn't be a good idea. He warned people off not to go into that window. And then he turned his camera around and he caught this agent or suspicious actor pulling a large pane of glass out, this tempered glass, it kind of folds into itself, crunch onto the ground. When he realized he was being filmed, he quickly dropped it. It seems apparent on the video that he did not want to be seen doing what what he just did. So he pulled in a protester and started blaming him. He said, What are you doing breaking that window? The poor fellow that was being accused didn't know what was going on. And then he gave him a couple of really good shoves and cocked his arm like he was going to punch him. You know, we don't know. His uh, facial image is not on any of the Sedition Hunters sites or the FBI's most wanted site. But he clearly was committing criminal damage to property, uh, and he has not been charged. So it, you know, again, it raises a question of why. Uh, yeah. Have we not been able to, to discover his identity because his face was covered, and he was wearing dark glasses?
7: Who's the other individual captured in this footage?
2: At the nearby Columbus doors, these giant bronze ornamental doors, we had the second suspicious actor who was holding the door open, the inside door, with a wooden pole. He just stood there and had you know, it was like a fairly thick wooden dowel holding it open for a pretty good chunk of time. And he was also pushing people into the entryway. In fact, the journalist who shot this said he got a very strong shove at this side so was hold the line, hold the line, and was pushing people in. He probably would have been there longer, except he, he got a, a dose of tear gas in his face and was put out of commission. And then we don't see him again on that video. But making it easier for people to get into the Capitol and encouraging them with a good shove again raises questions about who is this fellow.
7: In addition to this, so the guy is trying to push people through. These are captured at the same time by the same journalist. Also, the individual trying to, again, opening the window up is even encouraging people to enter, I believe, as well? Yes.
2: What's he saying? Well, he he said, why don't you all uh, open the rest of it up? That uh, no, my he just came out of the blue. He was off to the side or behind the journalist who was busy picking up the broken glass. I'm pretty sure that's why he wheeled his camera around, is to catch it, because while he was telling him this, uh, while the, uh, the, the suspicious actor was encouraging him, he was busy pulling the glass out. You could hear it crinkling while he's saying these things. So. Um, You know, and again, it was just encouraging people to do what we're told they're not supposed to do, is trespass in the Capitol.
9: I remember hearing um, from previous rallies and other news that Antifa, previous rallies even, uh, would infiltrate and say one day they're gonna do something and they'll be dressed as Trump supporters and do something to make us look bad.
2: Before she ended up at the, the mouth of the tunnel, uh, there was a window nearby that was being attacked with hammers. I think there was even a crowbar that was used. And one of the times that, that an individual stepped up and was trying to smack at this window.
9: Everyone's yelling Antifa, but no one's stopping him. So um, I just didn't give it a second thought and I the ran. women, huh? It's the women knocking people out. And right before Oof. I make it
8: to him, somebody <laughs>
9: else jumps up and takes him down from breaking the window. But as he does that, there's a group of probably two at least men that pull him off of the man that was breaking the window. As soon as I make it there, I grab the guy that was smashing the window and I pull him down. And next thing you know, People were standing back up after we scuffled, and I'm like, we don't do that. Trump supporters, we don't do that. Then there's other people, no, we're all on the same team. I'm like, no, no, we're not. Who brings something like that to a Trump rally, ah. let alone to break out the Capitol window? That That's not us. The second man, um, I go to reach for him, to pull him down and grab his backpack. And as I do that, two or more men grab me and they go to pull me off of him. And I come around and I reach with my other hand and I push this man quick And then there's this big like argument that ensues and a man from like nowhere. Say it again.
0: Up in that window, right?
9: No. Right here? No.
1: Nope. Where's she at? Right here. Can you see it? I can't see your um. All right, look at the look. Look off to your right, and you see the guy with the 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 scarf on. He got the hat on that got the little fuzzy at the top. He's at the top, just chilling, just looking over. Yeah. Look down. You see those two red hats right underneath him? Yeah. You see the man with the camera? Yeah. She is the one that's right in front of that camera oh dad they, they, they grabbed her she was in there swinging she she pulled the man down she was trying to break it up but dad. the two guys that are close to her in front of her grabbed her arms so they could um do whatever they was there to do so to stop her hmm <sighs> So all of those people that you see are probably imposters in front at least on the front line. Dang. Yep. she was the only one that was trying to make sure she stopped it and she's going to say uh um they they're, they're going to say get her out of here, get her out of here if she didn't say it already, but go ahead.
9: Eric jumps up there with a bullhorn thing like get her out of here, get her out of here. And there's I felt Instantly like they're gonna kill me or do something to me and I I, later um, I'm just like scared
7: some of the biggest names We've heard when it comes to you know the violent groups involved in January 6th was the Oath Keepers Uh, This is of course, you know one of the militias in the United States and one that's very well known And they're really one of the highlights of the case against the Trump supporters on that day What do we know about their case?
2: They're really the centerpiece of the prosecution on January 6th, um, accused of going there to prevent the counting of the electoral votes by force and violence if necessary, according to prosecutors. Uh, But we had an incident on the east side of the Capitol that in a very dramatic way counters that narrative and that belief where they are assisting the police. There was a amateur videographer from Florida who captured an officer of the US Capitol Police came out of the building, out of the Columbus doors, where a crowd was trying to get inside. He was wearing a red Trump MAGA hat. And he came down to the Oath Keepers and sought them out and said he needed help. This is all captured on video, this discussion. When he makes it clear he needs help getting officers out of the Capitol, who are fearful for their safety, you can see the Oath Keepers faces, just let's go, let's go. And so they take him and they go back up those stairs in a military stack formation, and they go up to the Capitol, Columbus doors, and they have to explain who they are, but eventually they are let in. In a short while, they come out with 16 police officers uh, clad in riot gear and they take them down the steps to join a police line outside. So they went in and got them and brought them out and they formed a space in the crowd to take them down the stairs. It's somewhat remarkable because the crowd, one woman was hugging every one of them that came out of the building, others are thanking them, there wasn't any attacking uh, done on that. the oath keepers are very quick to point out that's part of their mission so many of them are actually law enforcement officers or they served in the military or they're retired uh and that you know they were there that day doing security for very see and i think that shows the true intention of the MAGA
0: people
1: yes yes
0: absolutely for them to grab them hug them and show support they weren't trying to tear nothing up
1: no because they love out they love the people, they love, they love law enforcement, they love uh the people of America, just in general, you know. And and as you can see, they didn't have no problem talking to a black police officer. Nope. The black police officer didn't have no problem talking to them, and they was listening, asking questions, and then he they was like, Yeah, let's go. The nope. man had his hand on the, on his back to let him know I'm right behind you this is me i'm I'm gonna be right here and i got your back he didn't leave he didn't leave that man until he until necessary so come on like let's get over this this mess
2: various events so <laughs> to them it's no surprise but it, it it paints a very different picture of the group uh and these same individuals uh, are charged with a seditious conspiracy
7: have we seen any evidence suggesting that the claims of seditious conspiracy were accurate.
2: The evidence that's been put forth by the prosecutors certainly shows that these fellows communicated with each other leading up to the day and and on the day. Uh, Phone calls, texts, things like that. The rub comes in how do you interpret that? what was in the minds of the Oath Keepers. And that's going to, in seditious conspiracy, that's what it's going to come down to. Were they of the mindset to go there to breach the Capitol and stop the electoral votes from being counted? They will quickly say, no, we were not. Uh, We were there to do security and they did bring.
1: The evidence shows the fruit. Yes. So why would they even have to be why would they even have to uh defend themselves when
0: it's clear they were there to
1: support the people
0: these tapes have not been seen by everybody they were verbally telling them that this is what they did but they didn't have any tapes any videotapes audio tapes that could prove that this is exactly what they were doing
1: but, you know, sometimes they don't even um, uh, they're not even allowed to include video footage and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a shame.
2: It is a pretty good sized uh, cache of arms with them that were stored in Virginia. But they were of the belief that President Trump might enact the Insurrection Act and call up militia to counter Antifa if there was Antifa violence. And so they were prepared for that eventuality. But, but they did
7: not bring that with them to the Capitol grounds no. that day?
2: No, they did not bring weapons. There were a couple of groups that went in, but both of those groups ended up assisting Capitol Police. This, uh, this incident on the stairs was just one of, uh, one of three times that day where Oath Keepers helped the police. The second major incident, uh, there was a Capitol Police officer who was guarding stairs that were going down to the lower level and he got into a screaming match with the bystanders protesters uh, and it got very personal and very heated the oath keepers came onto this scene just outside the rotunda and got in between the combatants and de-escalated it made sure the officer knew he is safe they were going to make sure that nobody could attack him there were just a couple of gentlemen who were just over the top separating them and calming them down and then they escorted the officer to a police line where his brother officers were, removed him from that situation. Several of the Oath Keepers who were part of that have said they are convinced that was within a few seconds of a shooting. He had an M4 rifle. There is audio footage of some of the back and forth between them, but not with the weapon. I believe he disputes that and minimizes their role in helping, but you can see that they are in between, at least trying to de-escalate. It's against the narrative that has developed against the Oath Keepers. So that's two incidents. What was the
7: third incident where
2: they helped the police? There was an incident where they were asked to guard a broken window to keep people from coming in. And I don't think there were a large number of of Oath Keepers involved in that. As long as they were asked, they did guard that window. Uh, So those were three incidents that we know of uh, where they they lended assistance which does challenge the
7: narrative, again, that they went there with some kind of seditious intent. Capitol Police were either passively allowing people into the Capitol building or were lashing out at the crowd with sometimes extreme violence. Meanwhile, many of the suspicious actors who were key instigators of the crowd were uh, never arrested. These facts raise serious questions over who made the there. calls on security. Wasn't so,
1: completely. She was halfway in there. She wasn't completely in there. That's why she fell back.
7: Yep. That day. And more importantly, what was then president Donald Trump's role? Cash Patel was the acting chief of staff at the Pentagon under Trump and now hosts Cash's Corner with the Epic Times. On January 6th, He was a go-between on communications with Trump and the request for security on January 6. He was called in the January 6 committee to testify on what took place. We met with Cash in Washington to find out who made the calls on security and what happened behind closed
12: doors at the White House.
7: One thing everybody's wondering about January 6 Mm -hmm. is who was in
12: charge of security that day. Well, that's a great question. And the simple answer is the protection of the Capitol and members of Congress falls to law enforcement. And that is specifically the Capitol Police, Metropolitan PD, which is the Washington, uh, D.C. police force, and the federal agencies, the FBI and DHS when called upon. And all of that can be supplemented with National Guard security assistance if and when requested. The way it's structured at the Capitol is there's a Sergeant-at-Arms for the House and a Sergeant-at-Arms for the Senate. The Capitol Police, per their own timeline, received the authorization request from the Department of Defense, where I was Chief of Staff for National Guard's men and women, before January 6th. The Capitol Police then went to the Sergeant-at-Arms in the House and the Senate and the Chief of Police, and the decision was made, per their own timeline, that that request would be declined. The United States Supreme Court, posse comitatus said, rightfully so, the United States military cannot be deployed domestically. Uh, That's what local law enforcement, federal law enforcement are for. But they said that this is the whole purpose behind the National Guard, who are not full-time uniformed military officials. They are doctors, lawyers, teachers, husbands, wives, parents who live in the community and have other full-time jobs, but when called upon are activated to come into the National Guard. The Supreme Court said two things must happen. One, the president of the United States has to authorize, not order, authorize the use of the National Guard. Once that happens, step two has to happen as well before they can be deployed. And that is a request from the head of the state, the governor, in this case, Mayor Bowser, because it's Washington, DC, or federal law enforcement needs to request the National Guard to be deployed. If those two things don't happen, then any issuance of the National Guard would be literally unconstitutional take you back to January 4th-ish, right? We're in the Oval Office with President Trump. It was me, the Secretary of Defense, Chairman of Joint Chiefs of Staff, Chief of Staff of the President of the United States, and obviously President Trump, and maybe one or two other officials. And I remember it it was a Monday morning. We were talking about an extremely sensitive operation we were running overseas. Um, And then once we finished that topic, President Trump pivoted and said, hey, what are you guys doing, you know, basically for security? And I'm paraphrasing here for anything that might happen on January 6th. And we said, well, we're doing what we always do. We're getting ready, sir. And he said, "Well, if you need up to twenty thousand National Guardsmen and women, not just in Washington oh. D.C. but anywhere in the country, you have my authorization." So, president. Roger that, sir. Check. We've got the Commander in Chief giving us that authorization that the law requires. So, what do we do? <laughs> the Department of Defense takes that authorization and goes to Mayor Bowser, literally, and goes to the Capitol Police and says, "The President has said this many thousands of National Guardsmen and women are at your disposal." but you need to make the request because the law prohibits us from just deploying them. Mayor Bowser in writing, pursuant to her own letter that we released from her sent to the Department of Defense declined. So think about it. If
0: Trump really wanted to take over. Why would he not use that opportunity at that time to say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna activate the National Guardsmen. He follows the law every step of the way. You can't lead an insurrection if you're following the law, if you're following the Constitution, and to have the smarts and the wisdom enough to know, hey, these dummies haven't asked me for any extra security. I probably should check into that. hmm Oh, we don't need it. You don't have to. Whatever the excuse was, whatever the lie was that they gave to him,
8: mm-hmm. they
0: knew he was going to be prepared for this. He, I
1: he don't just, think I don't think that he was prepared for it on on the on the on the, the scale that it ended up because.
0: But I mean prepared, I, prepared in the sense that he he was going to be smart enough to know that his power was only was only limited to.
12: Mm -hmm. To issue any more National Guardsmen and women in writing on January. You know, I'm guessing now it was the 4th or the 5th. The United States Capitol Police timeline now shows definitively what we've been saying the whole time, because we knew it was true, that the United States Capitol Police similarly declined. The only thing that we cared about was a chain of command and following the law at DOD. And we were okay. informed by Mayor Bowser, who runs D.C., and by the Capitol Police, or the federal law enforcement authority here, that no more troops would be necessary.
7: Now, on that note, is it possible they had assessed that the Capitol Police would have been enough? Because they also didn't, they really didn't put down riot police initially either. So they seem to have assumed that the Capitol Police, in and of itself, was enough to handle that crowd. Would the Capitol Police
12: normally be able to handle a crowd like that? Not of that size. It's just far too big. As we outlined earlier, uh, you know, what the Capitol Police's main functions are and you know, what their abilities are. They're not the NYPD. There's not 40,000 uniformed cops. Um, sitting at the Capitol. That's just not the way it is. Well, the Capitol Police timeline shows that they were looking at things, and now the FBI's information has finally come out that the FBI had information about security concerns before January 6th. As for the rest, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and company were calling the Department of Defense, and rightfully so, on that day, multiple times. And I remember vividly, we were saying, well, once you tell us you want this, you know, we'll turn it on because we had prepped it so, so well. And we did exactly that. And then their complaint was, why aren't they here, you know, within the hour? How do you move people across America within the hour? We told you two days ago we could have been stationed here come on, come on, and ready come to on. go and hit the easy button, but you said no. And then the law would not allow us to act. Then we were told these same individuals, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and company, who, if you remember Lafayette Park, went absolutely apoplectic when the president walked across Lafayette Park with uh, a military officer with a sidearm. These same individuals on January 6th were asking where the tanks were and where the armored personnel carriers were. (laughs) They wanted to turn downtown Washington, D.C. into downtown Kandahar. It's simply just not the purpose of the National Guard. And it's simply not, you wanted us to have belt-fed machine guns on top of mounted SUVs, to do what? mow down American citizens, they want now the same people that were concerned about optics before January 6th were politically concerned about optics again and they wanted that show of force. And we said we would do everything the law permitted us to do, but those weapons of of war literally would not be deployed in the streets of Washington DC.
7: So Trump offered to provide security on January 6th. If this was the case, then why did they decline to have the National Guard deployed, as Trump wanted? Why weren't riot police and better assets sent out initially? And why would they place this instead on the Capitol Police, who are not equipped or staffed to handle protests of this scale? And even beyond this, at the end of the day, why did they want weapons of war, including tanks and belt-fed machine guns, deployed against American citizens? as a way to disperse a protest. The findings raise serious questions on the very people who've given themselves positions to run the investigations. A comprehensive review of evidence suggests that Capitol Police officers flagrantly violated the law and their handling of January 6th. Many of them should face criminal charges. But what does this mean for the other charges that day? Would their behavior of the police officers constitute entrapment?
3: The definition of the crime of entrapment is in whose mind the crime occurred first. If an officer were to do something that he knew would provoke a response that would be arrestable, and if he did that act, That would be the classic definition of entrapment. And he or she would be entrapping the protester to violate the law. If an officer invited somebody into the Capitol building knowing that he was then going to charge them with trespassing, that would be entrapment, yes. From everything that I have looked at in this case, I believe that there was a conscious, um, if not stated, certainly endorsed and supported reaction on the part of uh, the, the police to create a circumstance where they could use force and make arrests. Yes. Uh, and it was born out of um, um, what I would characterize as being uh, angry at the protesters for their presence there in their jurisdiction doing things that they didn't want them to do, being there. Not only what they were doing, but who they were. Uh, That seemed to be a theme, and it seemed to be evident by their action, behavior, and conduct, which was, quite frankly, deplorable.
7: The real story of January 6th is not the one that has been largely shown to the public. Normal protocols on a riot were not followed and many people violated laws they did not know they were violating. The most serious acts of violence were on behalf of the Capitol Police, yet the violence and at least one killing on their behalf are being ignored. But video evidence shows that many of them could stand trial for crimes on use of force and murder. All of these issues beg the question of why. January 6 is now being used politically and as a justification to create new laws on domestic terrorism. But if the foundation is false, then how can these stand? Crimes were committed on January 6, but a two-tiered justice system is not justice and a political investigation from an aggrieved party is not a real investigation. Potential crimes on all sides need to be treated with equal weight. America needs answers on why the main instigators are not charged. Who made the calls on security that day and why? Only through a true and clear presentation of the day's incidents can the nation be assured that justice is being served. And only through this light of true justice can America begin to heal.
8: You didn't
0: hear anything I said. Mm mm. Oh. Uh, so I was saying.
8: I need this.
0: I was saying that this was written. Come on. Written by Joseph Hanneman, Joshua Phillip, and the executive producers were Sally Sun and Jasper Ferkertz. Don't know who they are, but they did a fantabulous job.
1: Yes, I agree. My, um, my thought is this. My final thought is this. <clears throat> this was a setup. This was an inside job given the many voices, the many witnesses that work on the grounds uh, uh, at, at the White House. Um, yeah, and now given the fact that the, the this, uh, documentary has been released and it shows even further proof of uh, some foul play on the police, um, I believe it was an inside job and I believe that it's pure evil in regards to certain things that we saw Pure hatred, pure evil And a lack Of uh, Compassion for for Life. Uh, if you are A MAGA supporter If you are a Donald Trump supporter um, They were doing To me what, what people It was a watch.
0: lack of support For your life Because you were a MAGA supporter Not yes. that you a supporter and you didn't like life No, They got it twisted.
1: Yes, yes. So, you know, for for it to be revealed that President Trump had offered days before January 6th the additional um help or assistance, 20,000 Yeah. 20,000 people Okay. See, and and here's here's what I feel as I was watching this again, as we just went through it, I feel like the motive was, okay, all of these people who, who love President Trump is going to come out here and they're going to act like they're going to support President Trump, but we got something for them. And it was almost like they were leading their own selves to the slaughter yep. because... Um, it was a trap for them to come out there. Even though President Trump didn't didn't call for none of this, he just said, hey, you know, they stole the election. Y'all have to fight. You know, and here's the crazy part because the the stuff that President Trump was saying
0: He knew he had to be calculated in what he said. He couldn't say it President Trump knew he had to be calculated. He had to say it in a certain way or they was gonna get him.
1: Yeah, and they still try to get them. But here's the thing: when you go back and you listen to all of the verbiage that some of the Democrats have said over the past four years about President Trump, um, when they when when they fight, we go low or whatever. All, all this crazy stuff that um that one lady was saying, Maxine Waters, it was just flat out crazy. Uh instruction, so to speak, for people to become violent. Yes. And um, and President Trump didn't even do that. And still, they tried to pin it on him. And because the people were being peaceful, they had to start something silly in order for get the, to get the crowd started. You know, And it's just not right. My thing is this. I wish people would wake up, even though this is over and done with, I wish people would wake up and understand that this is a real evil thing that has not stopped yet. It has not stopped. Um, I know that it's recently it came out that the election is not nowhere on Google, on any calendar, any, any place that you can think of. The election date is not written down. So, guess what? It's very possible, very possible, that uh, the election will not take place this year. Basically, my final dots are, um, this was an inside job, and because President Trump announced it, because the Democrat Party um knew that it was a lot of people who followed the mag let me say this the Maga movement because they understood the Maga movement was growing and growing they took the opportunity to do this and they they did <laughs> they did what they thought they could and people got hurt um people been jailed people died and I think that it's a shame if people, do not take notice of this dark evil thing
0: i think they took advantage of us in our goodness and i'm saying i'm saying this from a standpoint of they looked at us because we couldn't fathom them still in the election we couldn't fathom them planting people inside of that ground on those grounds in such a large number with such an evil intent, that, we one they over, they underestimated us. They figured we were so such hot-headed people. Uh, we were easily inflamed. You know everything that they said about President Trump. He's he's a a nationalist, and these people are only going to want to support America. And this is wrong because Adolf Hitler was a nationalist and. He, he supported Germany and he wanted the German people to stand and to, and to proclaim Germany and this is what's wrong with President Trump he wants to proclaim America over everyone else there's nothing wrong with having a nationalist pride inside of your country but when you get to the level of being a Adolf Hitler where you're killing people off because they don't fit your, your mold or your pattern they have tried from day one to, to fit President Trump into this Adolf Hitler mold, which means we're just blind people following him and doing everything that he tells us to do yeah. without any thought, without right. any thought of, uh, self-judgment, self-care. We're just blindly following him like we're a cult. Yes. And they assume because they're a cult that we're a cult. And there is, it is. There it is. Yeah.
1: Do you know how many people have been killed behind certain things that the Democrat Party has done, and they and, and they have not been uh, like the lady said they've gotten away from uh, away with it. This enables them to keep going and keep going and keep going because nobody is touching them. They're nope. going to have their day i don't care what nobody says their day is coming it may not be in this lifetime but their day say, is coming
0: it's, it's probably not going to be in this lifetime because this ultimately is a spiritual battle that is taking place and we have the battle between light and darkness that's that's flowing right now and all of these evil people who are who are controlled by the principalities and powers that are tied to jezebel ahab uh sex trafficking they're tied Mm -hmm. to the drug addiction the pharmacist spirit they're tied to mammon greed Mm -hmm. all of these principalities and powers have been fed and they're they're continuously being fed because it's more and more greed more and more corruption that's taking place they're not Mm -hmm. getting smaller And and let's not even talk about the church because the church is just underestimated everything that's going on because We want uh, the Mitt Romneys of the world to come in and be president. We want another George Bush to come in and be president. We don't want someone who's going to produce righteousness and holiness. And Mm. this isn't the president's job, but at the same time, the honor of the founding fathers was that they believed in morality. They believed that you cannot lead in any position if you did not have a sense of who you were a sense of who god was and a sense that you, because it a, a sense a sense that's built upon fairness and equality to all people because it comes from your knowledge and your relationship with god and if you don't have a relationship with god you're not going to be fair You're not going to follow the Bible. You're not going to follow things that will help people in uh, not be enslaved to the government.
1: Well, God is in full and complete control. And I know that he is uh, doing what he does. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, I would just encourage everybody to, to cry out to the Lord, seek truth, desire to have truth and you'll be okay yep
0: yeah. yep i want to see justice for the people who are in prison right now yes accused. i want to see those people who were abused by the police get yes. justice i want yes. them to face their uh perpetrators their tormentors and, and you know let them get their day in court yes Where they say, you did wrong Yes. They can be confronted. Now, I really feel like that needs to happen. Don't know that it will. If you know, if President Trump gets back in there, I hope that he goes to the place where he really does what, what he says. And just cleans everything out and gets rid of all of the bad uh, eggs that are in there, the bad leaders. So that we really can start from scratch and the fresh and the new. Mhm-hmm four years is not a lot of time to do it, but if he goes in there with the right mindset of just cutting and getting rid of the junk, he it is possible. yep well, well thank I you have,
1: for us. yeah thank yeah. you. I haven't seen part two, but I, i'm I'm, I'm oh, looking yeah. forward to seeing it.
0: You're gonna be on fire. You're going to be on fire. (laughs)
8: Okay. Well,
1: thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Hello. Can
0: somebody hear me? This is Montana Civil Defense. Come in here, call in Raven. Come on, Raven.
6: Come in here, calling Raven. Tell us our own
8: sequence. i Talk to me. I don't know Somebody? Somebody please come in. Is anybody out now? in Alice? CQ! CQ! Is
7: anybody there?
0: We're committed to excellence and truth as we conduct spiritual overwatch for your soul. We're committed to bringing the whole gospel to you. Simple Truths, given with intellectual integrity, far better than Fox News and CNN combined. Please feel free to contact us with questions, comments, concerns at Christopher RadiantFire.org. Like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Amazon, Pandora, iHeartRadio,
8: and more. Until next time.
10: That was your overwatch, Einstein. You can
0: thank him later.